Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Post 20 Podcast. The day is upon us, episode 143, your Premier League 2022-2023 preseason prediction episode. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. I know we're both pretty chuffed for this one, so what's going on with you this week before we get into things? Uh, I'm really hyped, man. It's We're less than 10 days away now. I think yep. 10 on the dot. We're recording this on the Tuesday um for scheduling reasons but yeah i'm I'm hype about the season coming around prediction wise i'm a little uneasy because yeah. i'm looking back to the last two years we've done it and i'm trying to like find any sort of logic and similarity and picks and uh reasoning like i've spent the last three to four days like making notes spending a couple hours each day trying to figure things out but um realistically it's going to be no different than if i spent like 15 minutes making one so yep um it's not a big deal um i think my main focus is on my club in chelsea i think currently at the state in the end of july we're having a lot of issues um in the club not just on the field but upstairs as well so um overall i mean it's gonna be a long season i'm sure they'll figure it out uh, i'd like to believe that but uh all the teams around us aren't, aren't waiting for us and and uh, are trying to either surpass us or make an even bigger gap ahead so um regardless the prem is the prem um we're coming up to the best time of the year in sports which i believe is august you get the nfl coming back college football premier league like uh it's gonna be awesome yeah i'm unbelievably excited and you know matt he just said wouldn't have been any different if he had spent 15 minutes versus if he had spent you know 15 hours um, so we have two different philosophies here because I, knowing that I would overthink things and, and maybe make too much of a big deal out of where I thought these teams would place, decided to sort of just wait until this morning when I was at the gym on the treadmill, um, <laughs> to make my list. So I brought my iPad with me and I did my, I did my, uh, cardio, uh, and, and made my, made my little list. So I know exactly where I stand. I feel good about it, and I'm just going to trust my gut this year because there was a couple last season that I overthought and, and things got strange. So, um, you know, Matt might have a little bit more insight on, on some of his reasons. Uh, of course, both him and I know these teams pretty much inside out from all of the transfer recaps and, and things like that that we've done. So if you guys want to go back and, and listen to those, uh, you're going to get a more honestly in-depth sort of look at the depth of each of these teams because we, we've really put it out there. We, we've gone over pretty much everybody's squad depth uh, at length. So if you guys are interested uh, in, in listening to those before the season begins, I would recommend that you go back uh, and check it. It's, it's on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Go ahead, go back if you haven't listened to those and then uh, come back to this episode or do whatever the fuck you want. To be honest, we don't care. But um I guess we might as well get into this. Do you want to get into the bottom? Is that I mean, you usually run these, so I'll, I'll let you do it. But um, where do you want to start? Yeah, I will say before we start, um, looking back at last year's predictions, um, we do like a point system where the lower the score, the better. Yep. Um, so last year you got a total of 60 points, which was an improvement from the previous year. I think you did six better. And then I did 58 points which was 12 better than the first year we did it so um as well as we both had man city spot on winning the league and then you had three more exactly right you had west ham correct in seventh burnley 
in 18th and Norwich in 20th. So um, having four spot on correct is pretty good, in my yeah. opinion. I'm sorry if my, if, with my voice or if I'm like sniffling. It's like a normal thing for me when I wake up. It might take a couple hours to get over, but I think we're going to battle through. But yeah, I think starting at the bottom, we have a tier list set up visually in front of us to give us a better idea of where we got them. Um, I have like a little notes tab with um, key players from the team, some weaknesses and some strengths. And then we can go off on a couple other things too. But um, as well as we'll, we'll touch on little transfers here and there that the teams have been doing or maybe they haven't been doing. There's a couple teams that haven't done jack squat. So um, yeah, let's get right into it. It's going to be a long one, but it's going to be a fun one. Yep. So in, well, I guess we'll do 20th. We'll do, yeah, we'll start 20th, and then we'll just alternate to 19th and that. Because last year we did, like, um, a tier. We each did our tier, like, yeah. relegation teams. And, like, I don't think I could talk that long currently without sounding like I'm losing it. That's fine. <laughs> so, in dead last, I'm going to have to go with... It hurts me to say, but the newly promoted team, Bournemouth. Mm -hmm. We got Scotty P at the helm. <laughs> we loved him at his time two years ago with Fulham. We thought he did a well, a well done job there with them. A decent squad of players, but overall couldn't get over the line after that 1-0 upset at Liverpool. Everything was downhill from there. Um, I remember because we did like a live stream of that game. Yeah. Um, but transfer-wise, they haven't spent any money. They just brought up a pair of frees in, in Ryan Fredericks for depth on the fullback. And then uh, Joe Rothwell from Blackburn in the midfield there. So... Not the biggest of names. Um, Fredericks has been in the Prem for, I think, like a total of six seasons, but he's only accumulated maybe a total of like 10 starts in that time. So yep. not not a high-profile guy. But um, their three main players that I picked out are going to be Dominic Solanke at striker, yep. um, Chelsea and Liverpool player X there. He scored 29 goals for them last year in the championship. He never really had a big shot at the Prem as a starter with Chelsea or Liverpool, really. But he's found his home there at Bournemouth for the last two to three years. And last year was his most, success, most successful year. So he's going to have, similar to how Fulham are with Mitrovic, it's going to be a lot of uh, pressure on his shoulders. Yep. Uh, center back Lloyd Kelly's another guy, young English center back, was their predominant uh, player in the back for them, making 41 starts in the league last year for them, getting a, only one goal. And then uh, Philip Billing, who's a very tall, stocky center mid who is a box-to-box -box kind of player, kind of how like Paul Pogba does it. But um, he's a big presence for them. He had 10 goals. He was their second uh, top scorer. So um, some weaknesses I picked out. They only have three center backs currently listed on their roster. Uh, and two of the three are their main ones. The third is a, a very like sporadic player. Um, like I said, few players in the squad with Prem experience. They're relatively young at, at average squad age of 25.7. That's really uh, young. And then they have a very small squad currently with only 23 first-team players. Um, and then it's tough for, to, for, for me to give them strengths. So one of them is their manager is Scott Parker. He's been in this situation before with a relegation team in Fulham. So hopefully he's learned from his time there and can turn the tide and help them just make it at 17th, really. And another positive, I will say, you could say this is a negative, but 
Uh, they kept all the players who got them here, and they know their system. So it's not going to be like they brought in similar to Nottingham Forest. They brought in like 11 players. So yeah. it's going to be tough for them to all cope to the system. So that's my idea of Bournemouth. But like we said, that we, we still have like 30-plus days left in the window. Yeah, so there's still some rumors. Uh, Nat Phillips probably being the number one uh, kind of rumored to, to there. There's a lot of people talking about it. His market value is around $9 million, so I think um, bringing in what? him as a center back, yeah, that's it. Um, to, to bring him in, I think, would be would be really good business for them. Uh, Jaffet Tanganga, another guy who's sort of been on the, uh, on the up and up in terms of, of transfer rumors. I don't necessarily see that happening. There's some clubs in Italy that are uh, interested in him as well. I, I kind of think that he'd bit better over there uh i don't think he's a bad player i think he kind of got a raw deal with tottenham he didn't perform great but i don't know if he fits into that system so uh he's another guy that's, that's sort of being talked about maybe uh jumping ship and, and going to a team where he's going to get more time and, and certainly more experience i also have uh bournemouth in 20th it's unfortunate that we're going to fade our guy scott parker it's very possible uh that three weeks into the season uh i i change my tune we know that that does happen uh, i'm rooting for them to stay up I, I i'd like at least one of these teams to stay up um but it's it's going to be tough it's going to be a really tough season they they lack squad depth um those guys that matt talked about dominic Solanke is going to be huge for them if if he performs uh, and by the way, I don't think he's going to score 29 goals like he did in the championship last season. We'll we'll get to that same conversation with uh, with Mitrovic, I'm sure. But I just can't see that happening. Um, and I think it's going to be a slog if they don't bring any more guys in. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put them in 20th as well. I think it could be certainly a, a tough season for them. Yeah, and then Zach as well, um, sporadic guest on the show. I'm sure he'll be making more appearances now that he's done school. Yeah. He sent us a, a list for his, and in his dead last, he has Fulham. So, oh, wow. Um, Hatred. Yeah, so that transitions well into my 19th. I have Fulham as well, it getting relegated. Um, key players in, obviously, Alexander Mitrovic. He's coming off a... Phenomenal record year in the championship, I believe, scoring 43 goals in 46 uh, matches, which I don't know if will ever be topped. Um, That's just crazy how 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 much uh, they dominated the league last year. Um, Obviously, like he's going to have a massive year for him. Uh, The year they got relegated, he only scored three goals. I think that the top score was five, like Bobby DiCodova Reed. Um, Harry Wilson on the wing, ex Liverpool guy. He's another big player for them, scored 10 last year, 41 starts in the championship. He's a big player for them. And then, new signing I included is Jao Paulinha, who they got from Sporting Lisbon. Um, a very tall holding mid, can play at center back if they need. Um, he's going to give them more of a possession style, I would say. I think that's one thing Fulham does well under Marco Silva. Um, I think he's a, I think he's a strength for them. He's a decent manager. He's had time at Everton. I think before that he was either with Watford or Wolves. So he's been in the Prem multiple times. Um, didn't wasn't a long stay manager, um, which could be problems problematic, but. Um, I think he has a good trust with the players and understanding with them for how they're going to play. 
So weaknesses, though, I will say, similar to Bournemouth, they have a small squad, rely heavily on Mitrovic's production, um, and I feel like they may get picked apart with the lack of pace in the back. Um, I feel like I love Tim Ream as the captain for them, but I just feel like he's going to get abused when they come up against pretty much any team. Any, every team's got massive pace, even the mid-table teams. Like, we'll yeah. get in with, with Leeds and Palace, um, Aston Villa. Like, they just have guys on the wings that are absolute dynamite going up and down. So um, I feel like those are the weaknesses. And then I already mentioned Marco Silva. And then I feel like the, the replacements they brought in have been positive. Um, Fabio, um, what was it? Fabio, what is, what is his name that left? Carvalho. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, to Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah, Carvalho. Yeah, I feel like he scored 10 for them last year in 36. He's a creative attacking mid that... Andreas Pereira from Man United is going to have to replace. Um, I don't know if Pereira is going to be nope. lights out like that. It'll be interesting. This is going to be his first extent of a major game time in the league. Um, along with what I mentioned, Paulinha um, coming from the Portuguese league, playing there a lot. And then they have recently brought in a, a left winger alone from Shakhtar Donetsk, who's valued at $20 million, which is crazy. Um, I didn't even know that. Yep. But yeah. I feel like they still just don't have enough. They're, they're, I, I envision them just like Norwich. Um, I've, I've looked at the, la- the Premier League table results the last five to ten years, and um, the last four, it's Norwich going down, and then Fulham going down, Norwich, then Fulham. So uh, it's, if we're keeping that trend in place, it's, it's going to be Fulham again going down here. Yeah, I, um, I got a weird one here. In okay. 19th place, I'm excited. going down, I have Southampton Football Club. Okay. I am feeling an absolute stinker from Southampton this season. I cannot really? wait. I cannot wait. I hate Southampton. I, I think I'm on record uh, with this. They are one of the most boring, bullshit, wind-squeaking teams in the league. They are rats. They somehow managed to always stay up and and just eke out mid-table performances. They are so streaky. They win four in a row or win and draw four in a row, and then they lose four in a row. And personally, I'm tired of it. I think this is the year that we see an extended loss period for Southampton. I think James Ward-Prowse is on his way out. I just don't think that they are going to be able to retain him. He is their club captain, but he is cut out for a far better team, in my opinion. I think he could slot into almost any of the top six clubs and do a seriously good job. Um, There are rumors that he's going to West Ham. I think these are all rumors that we have to... Um, take with a grain of salt, but I can certainly see him fitting in there. They have decided to pay some of their top-class midfielders. Um, it's certainly a jump. His market value is only $35 million USD, which I think is crazy. Uh, they're going to pay more for him because of the English tax, but I think if they lose James Ward-Prowse, it's very possible, but like I said, grain of salt, uh, they're going to be in serious trouble. Now, they do have a decent payroll, um, some of these guys that they have in here, El Yanusi, a guy that can do a job, Nathan Redman, um, they brought him in, Stuart Armstrong's there as well, I, I think that they have a decent team, Kyle Walker-Peters is there as well as, uh, Tino Livermento, but I just don't see it enough up top, um, for Southampton, I think that they, they lack depth up there, and I don't think that they have a number one guy that's going to be able to 
um, do everything for them if James Ward-Prowse leaves because he is truly the number one and he's playing from uh, a central midfield role and scoring, you know, a majority of their goals when they need it. So um, I think Southampton go down. I just I just can't see him uh, being the uh, being the team that rats it out this year. There's there's a couple other teams I think that are going to scramble, um, and I personally really would like to see them go down. I'm tired of them. Yeah, it's always messy at the bottom of the table. Yeah, it's a um, disaster. Teams are always scrapping. They're all scraping for the same points. Um, I feel like this is a similar stance to when we had this time last year with Brighton. I yeah, think we're making yeah. the same points. Yep. And it can completely blow up right in our faces. I think Southampton oh, is a prime team that can do that because from the years 2013 to 2017, they were finishing 8th, 7th, 6th, and eighth yeah and, and then 2017 came around and then they turned into a lower mid-table team where at that in that time their highest finish was 11th so um the closest they did come to relegation was 2017-18 season they finished 17th on 36 points with swansea and stoke both finishing below them with 33 so um they are they are looming around that area they can definitely i think um, uh, real quick, uh, Zach has Bournemouth in 19th, so okay. um, similar as me, just flip-flopped. But I don't think that's a crazy pick, having re- Southampton being relegated. I feel like they're going to be a popular choice this year, and I'm one of them as well. I have Southampton in 18th. I do think they just don't make the cut. Um, key players, like you mentioned, James Ward-Prowse, I think as one of the strengths, he's the best set-piece taker in the league when it comes to delivery on free kicks and corners, as well as um, on the target when he takes his opportunities. he, he He's an excellent striker of the ball. Uh, it's just hard for me to picture him at another club personally, because the way he suits Southampton is is just he is essential to their system and where I don't know how he would do in another team system. I don't know. Putting him in a West Ham system, how he would do as one of those attacking mids. I, I don't think I think he's a completely different player to where they put Bowen, Fornals, Lanzini, yeah. Ben Rama, um, like those type of players. Sure. Um, and I don't know if he could do a job in that holding mid spot either with Suchek and Rice. He's I just that's just me personally. It's tough since he's been there for I, I don't know his career specifically, but he seems like he's been there his whole career. Um, but yeah, he is their number one leader there, 100%, especially with the loss to Broya. He's definitely not going to come back. I don't think they're going to be able to afford him no. full permanently. So Broja's looking elsewhere. And I don't think West Ham's one of those because they're looking at bringing somebody in from uh, the Italian league. So besides Ward-Prowse, I think Mohamed Salisu, I think he's a, a solid center back for them. The, the 22-year-old from Ghana, he is like the most... Uh, what's the term? He's feisty, combat, combative. Like he, he is not yeah. afraid of a tackle. I think he led the league with yellow cards last year, with around ten or eleven up there with some of the the main names like Jaka and um, I think like Tarkovsky. So I th- he's not he he is a decent defender, but I feel like he is still young and can put himself in bad situations. There was a couple of times where he made some suspect passes. Um, and, and then I have to include Che Adams because we mentioned Obroya. He is going to have to lead the line. Adam Armstrong has put in a couple good performances preseason. But besides the two of them, they really don't have anything up front. Maybe if you want to throw Walcott up there, I don't know if he'll do you a job like that, uh, yeah. like you want. 
they're just very thin in the attacking department, which is one of their weaknesses for me. They just lack attacking threats. Um, like they have Adams, Armstrong, Tella, Walcott, um, Gineppo. Uh, he seems like he's a decent player. Yep. And uh, Elianusi as well. So not names that are going to pop off the paper for you, but they do a decent job. But you're going to need some of these players to... To, to, to be match winners at times because um, if they keep drawing and drawing and drawing, we saw towards the end of the year with Wolves, they weren't getting results and it ultimately cost them European uh, European place. So put this in a, in a relegation situation, it could be even worse. So um, And then one other point for weakness I will say is they're going to be without their starting fullbacks in Perot, who's going to be out until September, I believe, with a... Recovering from a fractured femur, I think he had at the beginning of the year, and then uh, Livermore is going to be out until after the World Cup with uh, that ACL tear, I believe. So um, they're looking very thin in yeah. the back, and that's those positions are the most crucial when teams break you down because t- the best teams love going down the wings. Uh, Liverpool, City, Spurs, uh, Arsenal—all their prime players are on the wings. So um, if you're weak there, you're just going to get torn to shreds. And Southampton, even with those players, were getting torn up 6 nothing, 7 nothing, at least two to three times last year um, by Chelsea. And I think City was the other team. So, yeah, it's going to be a rough year for them. Um, I think two more positives would be their transfers they've done. They've brought in a, a large, young crop, um, which historically, when we view Southampton, they're a good... Um, feeder program they're good at growing talent and then uh selling them on for more but they've been spending a lot of money they spent 62 million dollars on on guys two more from man city's u23s and a young goalie and holding mid so um and i think joe rebo is going to be a underrated guy they brought in from rangers he's going to be a good attacking mid he can play a little bit of shadow striker so um i feel like he could be a a a under the radar kind of guy who grabs them seven goals this year for safety but i just like you i just do not see it being enough with um their inconsistency in form no yeah I, i totally agree uh okay 18th who you got that was 18 for oh, me. Oh, I'm sorry. 18 for me. Um, I forgot. 18 for me is, <laughs> is Forrest. Um, okay. I just had Nottingham Forest's transfer market up. Um, by the way, I, this is like a free plug for transfer market. But if you guys haven't taken a look at, at transfer market or, or used it, it is one of the coolest utilities um in sports, I think I think it's unbelievably comprehensive and it's one hundred percent worth uh, worth a check. Um, so, <clears throat> in eighteenth, I have Nottingham Forest newly promoted. Uh, not even sure what to make of their squad. To be honest with you, they brought in a couple of guys: Nico Williams coming in from Liverpool. Uh, they brought in Jesse Lingard. That's a new signing that we haven't talked about. I think that is that is tremendous stuff. Um, West Ham, I I don't know if they were trying to bring him back in or what, but Nottingham Forest uh, beat him to the punch. They they overpaid a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, but I think he's going to do a job in the attacking midfield there. They had Brennan Johnson uh, there last season. He's only 21 years old. So I think adding Lingard in there um, in that position is going to not only help the team, but maybe um, Johnson will, who had a decent season last year, will um, get a 
chance to learn under under the tutelage of a guy that does know what he's doing, uh, even though he's not been given uh, great chances throughout his career. Um, like I said, Nico Williams, great signing. They have Dean Henderson now, who who um is going to be, I guess, probably the number one guy because Wayne Hennessy is four hundred thousand years old. Um, he joined this year too from from Burnley. Uh, I, is Henderson on loan there still? Yeah, it's a one year loan as well as Lingard. He's only there on a, a one year deal. Right. And um I think his wages came out for his contract and he's getting paid like two hundred thousand pounds a week or something. He's like top, I think he's top fifty in the league now for, for wages, which a lot of people are uh, unsure of if he deserves that amount of money. Yeah, well, in my opinion, I don't know what else you you can really do as as Nottingham Forest, you're trying to get a guy that's got Premier League experience that's going to be there to grind with you. Uh, I think back to the West Ham season with Lingard, their form absolutely skyrocketed when he joined and, and was playing there and was in form. So I, I really do think that's a that's a huge thing for them. I just don't think that um, just him is, is going to be enough to uh, catapult them up forward. They do have this Taiwo uh, Awanyi guy uh, who joined from Union Berlin, Nigerian striker, age 24 years old. Don't have a book on him yet. Um, he uh, played for Liverpool for a few years. I think he came through their, their academy. academy. Sure. So, no, but, um, who was it? He, Liverpool got him back in 2015 from, a, I think, an African academy or something, and then they continued to loan him out. Okay. Uh, like a, like a Chelsea thing for four years, and then they sold him on a permanent to uh, Union Berlin last year. So okay. so he's this guy's played all over. He's played in Belgium. He's played in England. I guess probably a little bit for for Liverpool in between stints. Um, and but his value is constantly going up every year. Yeah. So I think that's good. I mean, twenty four years old, young, uh, one point eight three meters tall. I think this guy's probably somebody we're gonna have to keep our eye on because. Um, it's usually like I think of of Tony um, when, yeah. when Brentford came up, right? Uh, it's those larger sort of target men, sort of strikers that uh, typically have a lot of business uh, or not a business, but a lot of of scoring and and they matter in these in these smaller teams. There are some rumors still. Um, Cornet, I've heard, sort of floated around. Alex Moreno. Um, What's his name? I'm losing him. I just had him up. Oh, Isa Kabore, uh, a right back from City's um, academy. There's there's rumors that he may come to Forest as well. So they need to do a little bit more business, I think. Dean Henderson's a, a great signing there to, to start in the back. That's good for United as well for him to get some uh, regular season experience. He wasn't going to do them any good riding on the bench there. Uh, so I, I just don't think that they have enough right now uh, as of the, the time of recording. It's possible that they make some more moves, and my opinion changes a little bit. But as of right now, I just don't think they have enough depth to uh, to stay up. And this 17th spot, I think, is going to be surprising too. So I'm excited to see what you have here. Yeah, and Zach has Leeds as the last wow. relegation team for them. He has them 18th. He doesn't believe they're going to make the mark, so... Um, I think Steve Steve Barrett and on his when he came on Sunday he told me uh, Leeds is now like USAFC with yeah, all the Americans they have so Leeds United States of America 
Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he's got Leeds as his last relegation team. Uh, a following suit. This is a trend now. You're talking about the team uh, in the lower spot than I have them. So I got I have Forrest staying up in 17th. Okay. This is they've spent 90 million dollars so far, the most out of all the promoted teams. Yep. If it does not result in them staying up, they are going to be in a massive uh, financial problem. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be like Burnley, where they're they're just you mentioned Cornet. They they've been selling off almost every one of their main players. Tarkovsky's left. Uh, I think Ben Me joined one of these teams on a free. We'll get to him later. I forget which specific team, but he's gone. They lost uh, Vague Horse on loan. They've th- there's talks of McNeil leaving. So uh, I'm I'm really gonna be surprised if Burnley come right back up. But back to Forest. Um, I think Williams and they they brought in Omar Richards from Bayern Munich, uh, fullback. I think they're they've really invested into the back line. Um, I feel like their manager is somebody that people really back. Um, he's somebody that has a lot of excitement around him. Similar to when Leeds came up, these guys have a massive fan base. Um, they used to be in the top flight for a long time yeah. and then went away for a decade or so. But um, I, I, don't, I can't really say these are good signings because they're all outside of England. They're all in these, they're all buying players from lower level teams in the top flights of their respective countries, um, bar um, Richards from Bayern. But uh it's it, when i look at the signings they've made it's really going to rely on those united guys in lingard having to emulate what he did for west ham in a six month period now stretched over a full season and dean henderson this is huge for him to get back in the england rotation for the world cup because um that year he was with sheffield they finished um where was it they finished top half i think yeah they finished ninth in the league which was incredible but it's going to be tough for him to, to match that um, if this defense doesn't gel well initially um, because he's going, to be, he's going to get peppered a lot, similar to how De Gea did with, does, I should say, with United with how they set up. But uh, other key players you mentioned, Taiwo, um, it'll be interesting to see if he can actually perform now um, in the Premier League, see if Liverpool missed on him. And then the one everybody's interested in is Brendan Johnson, uh, your young English attacking mid, 20 years old. Um, he's Welsh and English. He played every single game for them last year in the championship, scored a, a, a team leading 16 goals. Um, one thing they may have to make up for, Lewis Graben, their other striker they had, um, they let go on a free. Um, he's 34. He scored 12 goals, which was second best. So they're going to have to make up that 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 uh, that um, end product that he's, that he's leaving. So um, it's tough for me to say that. I don't know. I, I shouldn't say I don't. I don't know anything about this team. It's tough to watch them. Um, it's hard to find any film on them. So I'm just going off gut instincts, mate, because I, I don't think all three newly promoted teams are going to get relegated. Um, I don't think that's happened for the last eight or nine years. There's always at least one team that stays up. So, um, and I think it's going to be them. So. Uh, weaknesses team has minimal Premier League experience. Uh, a lot of players this window, um, so there's little time to build chemistry. Like I mentioned in the opposite end with Bournemouth, they didn't sign anybody, but everybody knows the system. Um, strengths, yeah, strong fan base. They brought in players with a lot of experience and potential. Um, the average age they brought in is 24.9. 
And I think similar to how Leeds came in initially two years ago and how Brentford came last year, I think they can catch teams by surprise. They're going to have that that jump initially, that first five-game period where um, the fans are going to be super hyped. The players are going to be excited to challenge against these teams. I think they have a couple games in there that are going to be really tough. But I feel like they're just going to have enough to get over the line. And I feel like Lingard and Henderson are going to be key players in that um, survival. Yeah. Um, okay, my 17th. I wanted them to stay up last year badly. I caught some flack for my desire for them to stay up. Um, and I think that they're going to stay up again this year, just in that final spot, Everton football club. Okay. Not doing much in the off season. Um, they have done essentially nothing. Uh, I worry about them deeply. I think that they're just going to manage somehow to stay up again. Their top arrivals, James Darsky. Darkowski on a free. Uh, they've they've lost Richarlison, who's essentially their talisman last year with the um, lack of play from Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who just didn't play. And their squad depth is fucking awful. It is so, so bad. We're going to see more Deli Alley this year, I think, because they don't really have a choice. Um, we got Jean-Philippe Gabamon back in. Or not we, but Everton got Gabamon back in from... Moscow. Um, they do have a decent midfield, in my opinion. They have Allen and Ducore, who I think are both really good. Andre Gomez does a job as well, but I worry about them attacking. Damari Gray and Anthony Gordon out on the wings. Damari Gray did a job last season as well, um, but I fear that Anthony Gordon may not be long for Everton Football Club. That's one of my biggest worries. He was great for them last year, and I just think that he's probably going to get poached right before the... Uh, the end of the window there's rumors that he's going to go to spurs and i can actually see that 100 no. happening i i totally can see it dude i really can um but yeah they they are just they're in a really really bad spot yeri mina terrible ben godfrey not up to the standard of premier league play in my opinion uh, James Tarkowski's great, but I have no idea how long it's going to take for him to slot in there. They have Mikalenko at left back. I think we're going to see more of him this year as well, but I just worry about if Dominic Calvert-Lewin's going to be able to stay healthy. I have a feeling he won't, and if they lose uh, Gordon, they're going to be in serious trouble. So it's very possible that Everton come back and, and are actually on pace this season, but I think it's going to be another grind, so I'm going to put them in 17th place and i'm actually going to go take a league right now too yeah i don't see them as too big of a shock being in that table area again um i think tarkovsky is gonna fit in great for them he led the league i think in a lot of defensive categories and it's going to be tough not bringing in a replacement for charleston but there is still time and after the initial week or two in the league, seeing how they perform, it's going to be that much more. It's going to put that much more emphasis on them to go find a replacement for Richarlison. So um, I think it's going to be it's going to be a brutal year, but I see them doing a little bit better there. Um, and then Zach, in his 17th position, has Southampton. 
So he sees them, unlike us, just making the cut. So we're seeing some 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 similarities here in the, in our tables so far. Um, we all have named three out of those four teams in this area. So um, I think it's going to be interesting to see as we climb the table where maybe if there's going to be bigger gaps in our in our decision making just in the, where we think teams are going to finish. So um, I will say in 16th, climbing up the table here, being a little bit more clear of that drop off. I'm going to go with Brentford. Um, with the players they brought in, I feel like they're strong. I think Strakosha, um, I think, is that Albanian? Yeah, he's Albanian and Greek sent um, from Lazio. They get him on a free to back up Raya. That was a massive area of the field where they lacked last season when Raya got hurt for three months. You could just tell the difference in the goalkeeping. Um, how much of a drop-off there was. Um, here's where Ben Mee. Ben Mee went to Brentford on a free. That's a huge signing where they they do play with three in the back. He comes in. He was the captain for Burnley for about like nine years there. So he was a Man City product. He is a massive boost to that structure in the back. I think that's going to be another underrated signing, only valued at $3 million. Um, and then there are two big signings we mentioned, Aaron Hickey. Uh, a wing back from Scotland who came from Syria and Bologna for 18 mil, and then Keen Lewis Potter from Hull, left winger, 21 million pounds or dollars. Sorry. So I feel like they've done good business. Um, it's the first time they've spent this much money in like the last decade, really. Um, two two record breaking signings uh, for the club, um, one week apart. So, and then I think Christian Eriksen is going to be a massive loss for them. Um, we mentioned Ward Prowse for Southampton, how much of a, of a key player he was, he is for them. This is similar to Eriksen, even though it was like a six month period, you could just tell the difference in what he added to this team and helped them just get, uh, that much of a gap from relegation contention. So, um, key players, Ivan Tooney, obviously, I think he, he was one of the most influential players in the Premier League overall to when you consider to their team uh, as an MVP. Um, he, he was the identity for them. He scored 12 goals. Half of those did come against Norwich and Watford, so you take that into consideration. And I think five of them were in two games. So um, he really struggled against the bigger competition. But I think with the support cast that they're bringing in, it will help him a little bit. Uh, David Ray, if he can stay healthy the whole year, He'll be a massive boost. And then the captain in Pontus Janssen, the Swede in the back, he's going to have a another big year probably for them. Um, um, the number one weakness, I would say, is they, they, they may have a drop-off from last year. They got off to an extraordinary start last year, the first eight to ten games, where they were around that top six area. Christmas came around, and they I think they went like ten weeks without a win. Yep. And it, it really set them back big time. And that's when Erickson came in and things kind of evened out. But um, it'll be interesting to see if teams um, figure them out and they turn into a second-year slump or if they can carry on. Uh, we did see what happened with Leeds last year. Last year was Leeds' second season, and they were really exposed and were put in a tricky situation. And I think we could see something similar here. But their strengths... Um, in the transfer window, they have bolstered in key areas in the wingers and defensive positions. Um, they are a hard team to break down with that 3-5-2 system. I think I heard that 
when they're playing competition around their level or if they believe they're better, they're going to play a more 4-3-3 system, so more open and attacking, which should be interesting to see the transition and how well they make it, um, playing games three, four days apart in those clumped windows. Um, And then I feel like they just have an overall well-balanced squad. I think finishing in this area of the table, you want to believe that, but I feel like they can definitely finish a couple places above where I'm thinking here. So um, that's why I got them in 16th. In 16th, I have Fulham. Uh, I'm a buyer. Wow. I'm a buyer on Fulham this year. Strange. Third is staying. Yeah, I I have a really good feeling about Fulham. I I couldn't tell you why. I think um, part of it is because I like Decord over Reed when he was up uh, with Fulham the last time. He yeah. didn't perform probably as well as he could have. Um, but I think I'm gonna have to buy Mitrovic this year. I just think coming oh. off of dude. I mean, there's no way that he keeps up the pace that he was on last year, but I also just don't see him struggling. You think either. he's going to give at least like eight to ten? Oh yeah, I see. I can see him scoring ten goals for sure. He's just become such a part of their attack. Um, I I really think that that Fulham could be a sleeper team this year. I think they're going to take a couple away from big big teams. Um, another thing that I think is huge is Angisa, the defensive midfielder, age twenty six. Uh, returned to Fulham after his loan uh, at Napoli last year, so he's he's a decent player. I think that um, they sold him. No, did he, did they sell him? Um, it says here they sold him back to Napoli. Did did he actually get sold? I'm oh. looking. Yeah, okay. he he yeah he has got a contract with Napoli now until 2026. Okay, so I think that's why they cool. brought in Paulinha. That's an L. Yeah, that's an L for me. That's not what I want to hear. Um, he, I mean, he was a he was a guy when we talked about him two years ago. He was like a main player for them. Yeah, he was big. Um, okay, well that kind of hurts the case, but uh, <laughs> good good luck for to him in in Italy. Um, then we'll move on to uh to Nico Williams, who I think was a good signing as well. Or did they lose him? No, they lost him. He went to to Nottingham. He's with. He's with Forrest, so Jesus your case is getting Christ. beat up right now. This thing is fucked up. This my transfer market page. Um, Anthony Robinson, he's there. Yep. Anthony Jedi, Jedi. Robinson, uh, a fantastic player for the U.S. men's national team. I think this is going to be a, a chance for him to really break out. Uh, Leeds, maybe they'll buy him next year <laughs> to strengthen their uh, U.S. core. Uh, I think he's a tremendously talented player, very young, 24 years old. Um, I, I think that this is going to be a year where he can actually break out. And I think if Fulham just forced the ball to Mitrovic and, and let him do what he did last season, they're, they're going to do okay. I, I can really, really see them getting a couple results, stealing them away from big teams. And I just, I don't know, I'm buying them this year. Something in my gut, uh, is, is really telling me that this is, you know, maybe not Fulham's year, but, uh, certainly a, a period to build on. I just think that they were so good last year in the in the championship that they're going to carry some of that momentum forward. There's no way they don't. I don't know. We've seen it before well, we time and time again. It, it happens constantly, but something's different this year. All right. They, they are having those, uh, whatchamacallit, they're adding stuff to the stadium. It's being finished on the riverside. They're, they're getting the, the, the pool built into the stadium there. They're getting the NFL version of it. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. You never know. And then uh, Zach in his 16th position, he's having Nottingham Forest, the highest of the three of us here. He believes wow. a strong believer in in the Forest. So aren't they up located up by like Manchester? They're like a Northern England team, I think. Nottingham. Yeah, uh, they up th- I think they're up there. I believe so. So that should be interesting when they play like Newcastle and United. Um, I'm sure there's some history there. Uh, moving up to 15th now, I have Leeds United. Um, yep. the, the, one of the main problems, there are a lot of problems they had last year, but one of the main ones that is clear to me from this screen is their discipline when it comes to getting booked. They had a hundred and one yellow cards last year. Seems. Second was Newcastle with 79. So there's a clear <laughs> gap there. Yeah. Um, and then they had three red cards as well. They dealt with a lot of injury issues. Um, they were one of the worst teams when it came to aerial duels. One, they finished third from the bottom, only better than Wolves and Arsenal, who were worse in that category. And uh, when it came to shots on target, they were middle of the park. Um, shots per game, sorry, with a, around 13. Um, and they lacked in the goal scoring department, which comes from those the the injuries, I believe. Um, but possession-wise, they were a good team. Even with all those injuries, they kept the ball well. They made a managerial change halfway through from Bielsa to Marsh. Um, now that Jesse's had a full summer uh, preseason with the team, he's brought in players that fit his system. He has brought in a lot of players that are in ideal what he's used to. A lot of them coming from the RB Leipzig, uh, RB Salzburg, all those teams um, in Tyler Adams, Aronson, Christensen um, from... He's a right back from Salzburg. So um, I feel like one signing that n- none of us know anything about, um, maybe only from like FIFA stuff, is that uh, Luis Sin- Sinistera, Colombian left winger from Feyenoord. They bought him from $28 million. Um, he's going to be that Rafinha replacement. It'll be interesting to see if he can produce similar numbers. I'm sure right away it's not going to be the case, but I feel like they have a well-balanced team to where they don't have to have one main guy. I'd like to believe that is going to be Banford. He's one of my key players. He has to score at least 15 goals for them to be safe uh, because for one of their main weaknesses, they still haven't fucking bought any like center backs. Uh-uh. Like I don't know. The last three years, they've needed center backs, and they haven't invested anything in them. And that's where they've been torn apart because those center backs are just not good enough to keep them safe. Um, but I don't know. Jesse might... Jesse seen the other positions as more of a priority, so we'll see if that's the case. Um, Tyler Adams as a holding mid, filling in that Phillips role. I know he 100% will do a good job there. There's no doubt in my mind. He's one of the main leaders for the American team. I know he he will be a big player for them, as well as Brendan Aronson. If he can score eight goals and get like six assists, I think that's good enough for a debut season with them. I'm definitely getting a shirt. I'm ordering a shirt today for his. I'm, I'm, I'm fully invested. Yeah, I definitely want to get one with him. Um, I think there is some bias towards this position. I think Zach has a more realistic area. Uh, if I had to really be dead serious, I'd probably put them around that 17. But I just feel like all the other teams around them have their their misgivings and uh, flaws. So um other weaknesses, I would say a lot of the players they brought in are foreign players. We've seen in the past, with especially last year with Norwich, they brought in a, a overflow of players from outside of England. 
and it, it didn't work well. So I don't know if it'll do the same here. I think given that they all are, almost all of them, I can't be certain, but almost all of them understand how to play in Jesse's type of system will help. But I just feel like the age of these players being brought in, the average age is 22 years old, which is very young. The squad as a whole is estimated to at 24.8. So right around that Arsenal mark. So they're going to be one of the youngest teams in the league which I think is what Jesse likes. I think he does better with, with younger players. So I don't know. We'll see. But um, strength, strong fan base, the young products will drive the team. And then, uh, like I said, Marsh brought in a lot of players that know the system. So um, I really, really, really hope it's the only, the reason, not the reason, the, the main thing that's going to keep them is in the league is if they can score goals because they are going to give up uh, a normal amount of goals for their standard where they give up at least 50 to 60 goals. Yeah. I um I have Leeds in the same exact spot. Um, okay. I mean, you've you've gone over essentially everything that we could have possibly <laughs> said about them. So, I I don't know what more there is for me to add other than I think this is still a transition period for uh for Leeds. I I think that they've made some some good moves certainly to strengthen their team, but like you said, that that center back position is is extremely bleak there. So they're gonna let up a lot of goals. I don't really think that's much of a question. That's sort of the lead's identity is score and but let more up, and that's gonna that's gonna be why they're they're in that position down there, sort of fighting, scrapping uh, to stay out. But I do think that they're gonna have a fairly easy job. Uh, of of knocking off competition that are are less than them, and they do have some serious strength in important positions. So, in my opinion, I I just think Leeds are going to be fine. I don't see them overperforming this year, but I also don't really see them underperforming. I think they're going to be right where they should be, um, in fifteenth. Yeah, and just like Southampton, they're going to be without two of their main defenders in Stuart Dallas, who's going to be out until the new year. Yeah, he got hammered. And, and yeah, and then Luke Ayling is going to be out until September. So two, two of their main leaders in the back. Um, Junior Firpo is turning out. He's going to be out until September as well. He's going to be he's suffering from an MCL injury. So they are really going to be thin at the fullback position. So uh, they, they might be off to a terrible start um, of the season. Yeah. Okay, and then Zach in fifteenth has Everton. So interesting. So he doesn't believe in them as much. Um, we are right. We're on fourteenth now, correct? Uh, yeah, we yeah, are. Fourteenth, highest of the lot. I got Everton out of okay. the three of us. Um, I think they will do better. I feel like DCL is going to be like a new signing, the similar to how Bamford was to or is to Leeds. I feel like. Having him back is massive. He he has shown in the past he can get 15 goals in this league. It just comes down to the service and if he is healthy. Um, Jordan Pickford as well in goal. He's trying to prove that he's the number one for England still. And it's I'm pretty confident that he is. Um, it's just going to be important that they, they stay steer clear of that drop zone. And then you're not as much of a believer in Tarkovsky, but I am. I think he is an extremely experienced center back in this league he is a leader in the back i feel like um one of their main problems was leadership in the back line um inconsistency there from mina who was hurt every now and then and then you mentioned in godfrey you're not confident in michael Keane. 
um, had his ups and downs. I feel like Tarkovsky's going to be that main guy in the back, a leader for Frank. Um, will right out the gate be that guy. Weaknesses, small squad, lacking depth in the forwards. If they don't reinvest that money they got um, from Richarlson, they are going to suffer for it because, like you mentioned, we know DCL is going to have his, his, his bumps and bruises. Um, and they don't have a second guy there. The second guy is Rondon, and I don't think anybody wants to see him start for them. So they, they, they I don't know what's holding them back right now. Um, and then I think the style of play, when Frank initially came in, they tried to play how he did it with Chelsea, build out of the back, slow, um, possession-based, and it didn't work. So when they went to the more Route 1 style, it worked for them. And that is why they led the league, or they, they finished last in the league with Burnley in possession. They only had the ball 39% of the time. Um, similar with a discipline problem, like Leeds, they finished top of the league with six red cards. Um, so they really need to clean things up, clean their act, not put themselves in situations where they have to challenge for iffy balls, uh, bad 50-50 looks. Um, so that's going to be, a, I think, where Tarkovsky shines. Um, Anthony Gordon will play a more important role for the team. I think Frank has taken a strong liking to him. I really hope he doesn't leave. He is an Everton guy through and through, and I feel like it's still too young for him. He's still too young to move to one of those big teams. I feel like he'll just fall well, he'll he'll fade well behind the curtain, um, and won't get any sort of time really for them. Um, but I feel like the the most important thing that they have going for them is that strong finish from last year where the fans were extremely important to how they played having that atmosphere they need to have that atmosphere every single week to make sure those players know that we are fully here to see you guys succeed and if any at any points they are slacking they will they will be heard that they are not happy with the performance so i think for that reason alone they're going to stay up yeah um in that position, I have Brentford Football Club. Okay. I think the loss of Christian Eriksen is actually probably like top two or three losses uh, that a team has had in this Premier League transfer window. I think this is a huge, huge loss for them. However, I do think Brentford have enough established players there that have been there now for all of last season when they... Had to deal with some adversity, but managed to stay up and, and have a decent performance. Uh, Strakosha, I said last week or whenever that was, I think is a great move for them. Uh, Iyer there as well, a great center back for them. Um, Pontus Janssen, the, the center back, the captain, he's there still as well. So I just think that keeping that sort of Scandinavian core um, is really big for them. And I can personally see them... Um, just having a, another solid year. We'll see if, if Tooney sort of um, kicks it up another notch. I'm, I'm not sure if, if we're going to see that this year or not, but I think it's certainly possible. Wissa, I think, was great for them last year as well. If we can see a, a bump in him and, and the way that Embuemo played, I think they could actually challenge for a spot higher than this, but um, as of right now, I, I just haven't seen enough in terms of things coming in. Thomas Frank is a good manager, and I, I like where they're at, but if they don't make any more moves, then I just can't see them jumping up to that 8-12 to 12 sort of tier. Uh, so I'm going to take them right there in uh, 14th. 
All right. And then Zach completely agrees with you. He, as well, has Brentford in 14th. Yeah, I love that spot for them. I really do. Yeah, it's like a safe middle of the road, just a couple points clear. It's isn't I think it's exactly where they finished last year. They finished yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, they, they finished thirteenth last year. Oh, okay. Um so yeah, similar though. Like it's all the same. Um moving on to thirteenth now, Crystal Palace. This is premium Crystal Palace territory. Yes it is. Um transfer wise, they haven't done anything crazy. They've strengthened the goalkeeper department with Sam Johnson, which I think is great. I think he's a, a, a solid goalkeeper. We've seen him during his time with West Brom stand on his head. Um, he won't face as many shots as with West Brom, but it'll be enough to where he can do his job. Um, this youngster, Malcolm Abuwe, uh-huh. I definitely butchered that. Um, 18 years old winger, English and Dutch from Derby, who just got relegated to League One. Now he moves to the Prem. He's somebody that Vieira has taken a strong liking to and can hope to give first team minutes, which is going to be tough because one of their strengths, I feel like, is going to be those, that winger play. They have an extremely um, high potential, extreme high potential for a lot of these players with Eze, Elise, um, obviously Zaha is going to be the leader. Um, those type of players are going to lead this team with the goals and chance creation. Um, Zaha's coming off a career best with 13, I think, last year. Yep. Um, he's on the last year of his deal, though, which is going to be interesting if he can have a similar year, if he decides Palace is the club for him long term, or if maybe he wants to change the scenery, which I, I don't I don't see him leaving personally, but it's going to take another one of those years and for a couple other players to pick up the slack for them to finish in that 11th to 10th area for me because the teams above them are just that little bit better when it comes to quality um but i do think um mark Wehi, the center back they brought from chelsea last year with his partnership with joakim anderson is going to be strong um another year together they're both young but they are going to be a strong strong formidable bunch to break check kuyate who can play at center back but is predominantly their six that holding mid is going to be is going to be a key player for them as well. And the other player they brought in, who I did a little bit of research on, that uh, another chick, but this last name is Ducore, yep. defensive mid, Mali descent. Got him from Lens, played there for a couple of years. He's been a strong number one for them for twenty five million dollars. Palace bought him. Um, he he is chippy. Um, when it, when I look at his discipline stats, it's similar to. Um, like a Jaka type of player, he he gets pretty chippy. I think these league on players coming initially from the coming to the Prem for the first time, um, the pace of the game is a bit of a shock for them. So I feel like he's going to be booked a lot initially, and he's going to have to learn how to position himself better and pick his opportunities wiser. Um, so I think he's going to be a strong addition to rotate in there with Kuyate, maybe push up Kuyate a bit further if he wants, but. At they they just really have to make up for that loss of Gallagher. That's going to be a number one problem for them. When I looked at stats for all their center mids, Gallagher led the team with like eight goals, and then the next best was with one goal. Any of those midfielders. So an overemphasis on those wingers and strikers to produce is going to be heavy weight. And if the midfield doesn't apply any sort of or doesn't contribute at all, they're going to finish in this area for sure. For me. Um, 
Another thing is the they don't have a consistent number nine. I think we can agree that they rotated that position the most out of any team. Um, they've I think they have rostered the most strikers. They have Edward, Mateta, Ayu, who plays more on the wing, and then Benteke. And I think Vieira kind of split up their me- their minutes evenly, but not one of them got a an extended long-term run at that role to where they could really get into strong form. So um, I, that that's maybe more towards how the system is for Vieira, his vision, if he promotes the attack more through those wingers, obviously with Zaha, but I don't know. I just feel like they need that number nine to contribute just a little bit more. Um, and then finally, some strengths. Uh, I mentioned the goalkeeper depth, the quality wingers they have, I feel like, for this area of the table. Um, it's going to be, they're the best team when it comes to those quality wingers. And then, uh, I mentioned they bolstered the DM spot with Takori. So, um, I don't know. I just, Palace have never finished above like 11th. They've never finished in the top half. So, uh, the last time they did was in 2014, 2015, where they just finished 10th. So that's what, that's why I got them in 13th. Okay. In 13th, I have Brighton. I have palace considerably Ooh. higher i think okay i think brighton um another club who haven't necessarily done uh a ton of business but certainly haven't um haven't entirely shit the bed over the last few seasons this is a good spot for them they are a team you know i talked about southampton earlier who were kind of rat-like string together a lot of wins and draws but then also uh take multiple laws and or losses in a consecutive manner. It's going to be that way again, in my opinion. I think Pot- Graham Potter is an unbelievable manager. Um, he He's... Okay, hold on. Let me rephrase. I think Graham Potter is a good manager. I think a lot of people think he's an unbelievable manager. Um, you think he's overrated? I don't, I don't really want to say that he's overrated because I do think that he's done enough and he does a good job with, with what he's been um given there right i don't think he he's never been bed. given yeah he's never been given like a huge bag to spend no no and that's never going to be the case there i think he, if he was the manager of a, a bigger club he'd probably not be overrated at all because he he deserve the the praise that he gets um but yeah, I, I have Brighton in thirteenth. I just don't see this being uh, the year that they break into you know Europa League spots. I, I I don't see that happening for them. There there are points where they look so good in consecutive games where you're like, damn, maybe Brighton are good. But they're a bogey team for me. Picking, uh, they're a bogey team for you as well. I think we we oh, we, we really struggle to to get a read on them. So. This could probably be way off base. Maybe they'll win the league. Who knows? But uh, I just don't see Brighton um, really get getting to where they probably could if they get the maximum out of their their players. I just don't see that happening this year. So that's why they're in thirteenth for me. Okay, and then Zach in thirteenth is a uh, not a believer in this team. He has Wolves, the lowest of us. Um, I think that's interesting. I think they're definitely around that area. Um, but yeah, in 12th, similar to you, right above, uh, I have Brighton, key players, Lewis Dunk, um, going to be the leader in the back for them. He had an extended time out of the squad last year due to injury, which really cost them at times. And then add on the loss of Dan Byrne to Newcastle, really set them back in the depth chart. But um, they made up for it with uh, just the style of play you mentioned with Basuma yeah. in there and Cucurella's extremely good year. Yep. 
Um, Anyak and Wepu is going to have to step up big time for the loss of Basuma. And then uh, Leandro Trossard is going to be their main threat going forward. Um, I, I have more confidence in him than him. Uh, what's, his, what's his name? Mupai. Yeah, Neil. Um, he's a quality guy, Belgian player, good on the ball, can, can open up things very much for that team. Um, yeah, the loss of Basuma, and I'm 99% sure that Kukurel is going to leave. Maybe not before the season starts, but definitely when the season starts. After yeah. the first couple games, he will leave. Said he's not. And, yeah, and they, they they are extremely in the green now. They the money is burning in their pockets if it hasn't already. Um, they are just waiting to strengthen that position. And Kukurel wants to move, and it's I don't I don't think Brighton should hold him back. They should take that money as soon as they can to reinvest it. That is that just makes sense to me. If the player doesn't want to be there. Let him go because now you're going to have troubles on the field potentially and the media is going to be swirling um, or going to be breathing down your neck about questioning about him all the time. So um, I think it makes sense to just take the money and reinvest into maybe one or two positions. Um, And then uh, their number one main problem um, was finishing. I think we talk about their style. They finished uh, mid-table when it came to possession. Or no, they finished fourth in the league when it came to possession, only behind the big three in City, Liverpool, and Chelsea last year. Strong on the ball, passing-wise, they were good. Um, Mid-table and aerial duels. But they finished uh, a little bit higher than mid um, when it came to shots per game with 13, but they just couldn't score. They really struggled. There were anomalies last year. The United game, they won 4-0, I believe. 4-1, I think it was. Um, that was a, a weird one um, when they beat Wolves, I think three two or something. Like they had a few games where they were just on, but for the majority of the time, they just really struggled putting the ball away, and that comes to having strong forwards. Um, and then um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, and then their, their home record last year was awful. Anytime they played home, they were terrible. They always let it slip at the end, or they I think they led the league last year in the in late winners like last five minutes of games they always managed to get some sort of goal to save a point or win the game which was crazy and really fucked me when it came to bets but besides the point um their defense strength wise will carry them this year um to that mid table area where i have them in 12th and finally their only strength i have on here for a note is uh well that's all i said is well well exactly that guy The, the chelsea killer yeah, he's a demon. Uh, many, many, many demons slain by, by Danny Welbeck. Uh, okay, in that position 12th, I have Wolves. So, okay. a spot above Zach. Uh, when I look at Wolves' team, I, I always say, like, you know, they, they really do have a lot of extremely good players. Dan Donker, I think, had a great season last year. Ruben Neves, we know what you're going to get out of him. I don't know if he's gonna stay there um probably will i don't know what his contract situation looks like i ate nori another guy who i think had a great year last year um Semedo, not necessarily as as good as he possibly or probably could be but he's another guy that you know you're gonna at least get a shift out of they have potence they have traora coming back um, from Barcelona. Raul Jimenez not been on the pace really either, but another guy that we know has serious quality as well as uh, Wang Hee Chan, who had a couple of really good games last year but didn't break into the team uh, in a, a full fashion. So 
I think Wolves have a lot of guys that are capable of really strong, excuse me, individual performances. However, they don't have, um, what's it called? They, they don't really link up, I don't think, that well up top uh, unless Traore is back. So now that Traore is going to be here, I think that that's going to really allow them to sort of uh, feed those balls in. And maybe Jimenez will get back onto the pace. I don't know. Or maybe it'll be uh, Huang Hee Chan who gets most of the time there. I think the the addition or return of Adama Traore is going to be huge for them. And I'm excited to see what happens. He was really good for them last season at the beginning before he got loaned out. So everybody should, uh, should try and remember that and, and think about it. I think defensively they're great as well. Um, just a defensive, like workhorse. They don't concede all that many goals when they're playing poorly. They do, but, um, when they're on the pace, they're not going to score a ton of goals, but they are going to defend well. So this is a draw machine of a team. And I just see them sort of, uh, being in that little 12th, uh, like ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th sort of slot. Uh, I just happen to think that there are other teams that have more attacking firepower. So, uh, those teams that I've put above them, but I do think that that Wolves have a, a decent enough season. I just I can't see him being in Europa League spots. Yeah, and they they were primed last year yep. for um, that spot, and then eventually they just leaked too many goals, yep. and that cost them inevitably. Um, Zach in twelfth has Crystal Palace. He's going a little higher than me. Um, so now we jump into eleventh, the last spot here in the bottom half. I will close out the talk with Wolves. Wolves in 11th mm-hmm. for me. Um, you talk about Jimenez, and I, uh, real quick, the, the Ruben Evans, I looked, his contract expires in 2024. So he's got two years oh, left on his two deal. Years. He's not going so anywhere. I think right now it would be a time to look to buy him if he would want to leave. Yeah. Um, if not, next year is going to be a big one for him. But I'm looking at Jimenez's numbers. This is going to be Wolves' fifth year in the league since they got promoted. The first two years, he played almost he played in every single game in the league, had 13 goals and 7 assists his first season. And then in the second year, he had 17 goals and 6 assists. In those years, he had 111 shots and 118 shots, 35 on target, 44 on target. This year, or the last two years, sorry, the, the 2020 year where he got hurt, obviously, he only had four goals. And then last year, he played 34 games, 30 of them he started. He only had six goals, four assists, with 57 shots and 16 on target. So his numbers have significantly dropped off. Yeah. Um, whether that's the injury or the way the squad plays, I'm not sure. Maybe it's a mixture, but he, just by the numbers, is not the same player. And I think having Huang Hee Chan sign on a permanent is huge. It doesn't put as much pressure on him. We saw times where they played two up front with the two of them. We've seen times where they played their conventional 3-4-3 with the wingers in um, Podence and Pedro Neto when he came back from injury. He came back from a massive injury um, that held him out until February with that, I think, busted kneecap, which I must think is an absolutely horrific injury to go through. Um, but their key players, one of their main signings last year that turned out to be really good was uh, Jose Sa, was a top five goalkeeper, led the league in a lot of categories. Um, Connor Cody, their their captain, their skipper, main guy in the back, started actually scoring goals. He never would score a goal in his life. Last year he had four, which is extremely good for him. Yeah. 
Um, Ruben Neves, you mentioned, a leader in the midfield for them, partnering with João Moutinho, who is now 35 years old. So we'll see if he will still play the minutes that he does. Um, we know Ronaldo at 38 playing at striker is hard to believe, but you're not you're not running as much at striker, whereas center mid, you're everywhere. So it should be interesting to see if Den Donker takes a more prominent role in that team. And then uh, Jimenez, we mentioned, he needs to pick up a little bit of form. Um, because Huang Hee Chan last year had a hot start coming, and then he really died off um, yeah. towards the middle of the year. So weaknesses, weak attack, and then I'm really uncertain on the manager. Um, in what's it, Martin? What's the manager's name? Where at? At Wolves. Uh, this is Bruno Lage. I mean. Yeah, yes, Bruno Lage. Um, I'm just really uncertain on him. Just the the way that he gets the team going. It's yeah. really. In- I don't know. There's just something missing that um, Nuno had. Uh, and then defense, like I mentioned, was incons- inconsistent towards the end of the year. Strength-wise, the defense is their backbone. I think with the departures of a, of a lot of players, they let a lot of players go this window. Um, a couple of them were key defenders in Marcel, the left wing back, and then Roman Saiz, who scored like four or five goals for them last year. Yep. Um, he had two goals, sorry, but he played... 31 he started in 31 games 33 appearances he was he finished fourth in total minutes for the team last year in the league which i find hard letting him go i don't know why that that was an issue but they're gonna have to make up for it they brought in nathan collins from burnley who's a young prospect from ireland um at times he he played well for burnley but you saw the youth and inexperience in his game that 90th minute red card um that really set burnley down um extremely for the remainder of the year. Um, and then I think I already mentioned Huang Hee Chan on a permanent now. So I don't know what they're going to do business-wise going forward. I feel like they have one of the smallest squads with 26 players, but those 26 players are relatively decent all around. And I think with the return of Traore is going to be extremely underrated. I think he is a massive strategic point for other teams to try to take out of the game which is almost impossible um but it will open things up for everybody else so um i don't think they're going to be at the heights of when they initially came in finishing seventh but i don't think they're going to finish as low as you guys think okay fair enough um let's move on in 11th i have aston villa i think Uh, this is going to be a year where they they sort of figure some things out. We know Stevie G is there now. Um, I really would have liked to see them sort of junk it or jump in for um, Lingard or or somebody of that that sort of stature. Suarez. Uh, Suarez, yeah, that that would have been pretty unreal. Um, He's still a free agent. I know. So we'll see. There's there's plenty of time left. I I would absolutely love to see Luis Suarez back in the prem. Um, one of my favorite pure strikers that I've ever watched. Just so unbelievably talented. I think um, right now the talks are him going to Dortmund with the Haller situation. Yeah, I think that probably be an entertaining watch too. He's still got some left in the tank. Not quite as quick as he once was, but still an unbelievable finisher. Um, when you look at this team, my first thing that comes to mind is Emiliano Martinez, their keeper who um, was once a, an Arsenal player. Uh, very, very, very... Just please, uh, with Arsenal when when they got rid of him, 
Uh, he was not not necessarily me. I think we've actually fared pretty well. Ramsdale, I'm, I'm a big fan of. So when I look at, at the team, though, that's where my mind goes to right away. Emiliano Martinez had a terrible year last year. He was yeah, really, really, really poor. Um, and the years before, he was fantastic. So I think if he can get back to the pace, then they're not going to have to worry about um, the way that their their defense looks um, as much. But when you look at their defense, they have a lot of really good center backs. Ezri Kansa, I think, is fantastic. Mings is their uh, club captain. He's he's really good as well. And then Diego Carlos coming in from Sevilla, which is a huge signing for them. A lot of experience uh, in La Liga. He is 29, so... Um, paired up with with Mings right there, they're both 29 years old and they're both extremely talented. So that's uh, that's great. Then they have Luca Digne there uh, at left back. Ashley Young still playing unbelievably. He's a he's a backup left back for them. And they got Matty Cash last season as well um, to to perform. He's uh, <clears throat> only 24 at this point. He's going to be their starting right back. So. I think their defensive midfield is solid as well. I just think that this team overall is is pretty decent. Leon Bailey, we're going to see if he performs this year, but um, I'm buying on Leon Bailey, strangely enough, after talking shit about him all last season. I think that he's going to get on the pace, and I think Buendia uh, absolutely has to get on the pace this season as well. And if these guys all perform as well as Coutinho, who maybe we'll see more in the center of the park this year instead of out on the left, um, I think this team could be extremely good uh they do have depth in all the right spots besides maybe striker so uh ollie watkins it's a matter of if he if he stays healthy and if he manages to get that that late season form going on a little bit earlier because he's great at the end of the season just struggles uh in the beginning of the middle so i think uh i think villa have an extremely talented team we'll just see if they can uh all band together under Stevie G, and I, I think that an 11th place finish is is fine. They're going to be striving for better than that, but uh, that's what I think like their sort of floor is. So that's where I'm going to put them. Yeah, and when Stevie G joined, they were really struggling, and yeah, um, under Dean Smith, and I think after his appointment, they were one of the best teams from that point on. If you consider the if the league starting there, they finished at least like top seven. So. A full year under CVG should be good. He comes with a, a high intensity, and he uh, exudes confidence, and the players um, just automatically respect him for what he's done as a player. So I think that's uh, one thing that is easy for him. He has sway with the players, and we've seen what he can do in the transfer market. Um, with his name alone bringing in players you never would have thought would have came to Aston Villa. So um, Zach in 11th has Brighton. So he's going a little higher than us. Um, and now in the 10th, talking about the same team. Now I'm going Aston Villa, finishing right there in the middle. Um, probably their best finish in a little while now. Um, they've been struggling as of lately. Um, the last time they finished in the top 10 was back in... It's been a long time. Um, what is that? 2010 2011 they finished wow. ninth. Yeah, that was last ago. yeah so it's been a while since they finished anywhere near that level in the table um for multiple reasons but key players you mentioned mings watkins coutinho i feel like they have the availability to play in multiple formations whether it's three up front or just the two in ings and watkins 
Watkins led the league or led the team with 11, and then Ings in second with seven. Um, you know, Ings isn't going to be able to play more than uh, won't be able to play the full season. Um, it won't be able to start every single game, but um, they do have the the, the cover with a couple other players. I think Leon Bailey, if he's fully fit, will be a, a revelation for them with the pace he has on the wing. Um, Buendia was a letdown last year, but I feel like playing and um, studying under Coutinho, who they play similar type of, of roles, um, will ben- only benefit him. Um, they have a lot of potential with that squad, even with the new signings. I think Kamara needs to learn, like I mentioned, with Ducoy for... for um, what was he for? Who would he join? Crystal Palace. Um, I feel like just a little bit of time, and he'll be an extremely good player for them. Um, one one place I feel like their weak is is the lack that the lack of depth at goalkeeper and right back. Um, you could tell when Olsen stepped in for Martinez, his pass distribution was putrid. Yes, a lot of turnovers um, with the way Villa play. They like to build out of the back. And Martinez is involved in the play a lot. And I feel like Olsen's foot skills just aren't there. Um, they signed him on a permanent from Roma. So they have faith in him, whether that is because they have faith in him or they don't think they have time to get anybody to replace him. Um, and then right back, Matty Cash played every single game last year for them. Yeah. Was never hurt. He played the most minutes out of all of them. Um, behind him is really nobody. I mean... They have this guy, Frederick Gilberto, from, um, he's French. He's only, he's only made one cap for the U21 French team. He's been thrown around the French league a lot. Um, don't really have trust in him. And then you could play Ashley Young out there, which is okay, I guess. But it's not going to be the same performance that Cash gives you. So I feel like those are the weakest spots they have on the team. Um... But yeah, I just I think like you mentioned, their floor is I would say at most twelfth. I would go stretch, but I don't see them cracking that top nine. Like ten to twelve is where I would see them primarily. Okay. Yeah. Um. In tenth, I have Crystal Palace. I am okay. a Crystal Palace. Big difference between you and me there. Yeah, I'm a Crystal Palace buyer. Uh, absolutely love my boy Big Pat. Think he's uh, he's a good manager. We're gonna see if he sort of uh, develops any further, or if uh, if Palace reached some of their heights last season. I am a huge fan of Elise. I am a huge fan of Eze. I think um, Wilf Zaha still got enough left in the tank to be their main guy up top. I worry about their defense a little bit, but. Um, I think Palace are just an extremely talented team going forward, and I'm buying them because I think that that pace is going to overwhelm a lot of clubs this year. I look at teams that have suspect defenses. Um, let's we'll look at Brighton, um, look at Forest, Bournemouth. You know, guys that I don't necessarily know how they're going to perform uh, defensively. I I absolutely. Love Palace. I think that a tenth place spot is is great for them. Um, and you know, I only have them. I have one. I have them one spot below United. So that's telling you just uh, sort of how confident I am in Palace this season. Wow. I I really really like them this year. Oh, and by the way, um, 
Uh, maybe I'll save it for, for when I get to Leicester. Never mind. Okay. Is that all? Yeah, yeah, that's it. All right, and then in 10th, Zach has Newcastle. He's going okay. with Newcastle with the takeover. He thinks they have a decent year this year. I got him way higher. Um, and then Crystal Palace, I would say, the last time they finished in top 10 was 2014-2015 um, when Chelsea won the league under Antonio Conte. Um, they finished with 48 points then. Last year, they finished in third, or they finished 12th also on 48 points. Yeah. So I feel like you have to kind of take into consideration the point distribution. A lot of those points are going to be taken by Liverpool and City. Yeah. So I feel like that's another thing people don't really think about is the distribution of points here and there. Who's going to take more? Who's going to take less? Obviously, that's what we're doing here with positioning. But still, like the, the years vary. If the top is giving up a lot of points, it has to be scattered somewhere. So um, I feel like that's another thing that's funny. Um, now in ninth, um, Leicester City. I think this is a drop-off year for them. I think when we look at the market, I will say before I make the point uh, about the market, I did the same thing last year with Liverpool. I said Liverpool haven't done anything in the market, blah, blah, blah. That's why I think they're going to finish fourth, and it blew up in my face. I'm doing the same thing here with Leicester. Um, they haven't done anything in the market, no buys, have a lot of problems there with the back line. They were heavily infected with the injury bug last year, especially in the back. Um, all these players are now back now with Fafana, um, full back there, James Justin, uh, Castagna for a time there, Johnny Evans, like all these players had injuries at some point in the year. Uh, Wilfred and Didi as well. Now they're all back. They won't have to worry about European football. They're only playing in England now, yep. which is going to be a strength, more rest for the players. Um, especially in a World Cup year where um, things are going to be really tight and spread out throughout the year. So it's going to help them. Uh, key players, Jamie Vardy, Madison, Harvey Barnes, and Didi and Tillemans. Um, it's seeming like Tillemans is currently going to stay. There's yeah. not too much rumors about him leaving. Um, could be one of those moves that start of the year. People are like, oh, we need to fix this now. So we're going to go spend. I feel like at that point, they're going to have to spend even more money than what they would have if they bought now. Um, Arsenal probably going to be the heaviest linked team right now, but weaknesses, I said signings and injuries, they were the worst team last year when defending set pieces. I think they gave up like 14 or 15 goals alone from set pieces, which is unacceptable. Anytime there was a 50-50 ball in the box, it seemed like they, would, they were never going to challenge for it, and teams capitalized on that when it came to strategy. And then when Jamie Vardy isn't in the squad, they just lack that number nine presence. I know you're a huge fan of Iheanacho, um, yeah. but he, he couldn't get the job done alone. They tried him and Daka up front at the same time. Daka seems still too experienced to lead that line. He still makes a lot of mistakes and doesn't have that build like Vardy does. Um, maybe not build, but the style. So I feel like they still need Vardy to have some sort of presence in the team. And even with his minimal time last year, he still bagged in 15 goals, which is very good. Um, for a team to for a team necessary to finish in this top area of the table. So um, strength wise, I feel like even with none of the signings they've they've tried to make or have even thought of, they still have a strong team with a great midfield with Tillemans and Didi, um, Mendy. Um, I feel like a breakout guy for them last year was Drew Dewsbury Hall at the attacking mid role. He could play off to the wing too. I feel like he's another guy that adds to their quality in the middle. 
Um, Brendan Rodgers seems like he has a plan. He has his team well regimented to what they need to do um, in the build-out play and when creating chances. And I think James Madison is going to have another big year for them as well. So it's the lowest finish for them in a while. Um, But I think, yeah, the last time they finished ninth was back in 2017-2018. But I think, or sorry, 2018-2019. Um, but I feel like they just don't have that. There's they're, they're kind of in a transition period, really, if I want to think about it, with Vardy's story going out, Tillemans, maybe his head's not fully in it. Um, there's always links to a couple other players they have, but I just feel like they just don't have enough. I feel like the other teams above them have done a lot more than a lot more to help their case than what they've done. Sure. Um. Okay. So in that ninth place spot, I have Manchester United. Um, wow! You did. You're doing the same thing you did with Tottenham last year. You had Tottenham tenth last year. I, I think. I know. I know. But they had actual. I was really worried about Kane. Right. I, I, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm on record with my yeah you are. delusions about Kane. <laughs> Do you think? Are you doing this because of the Ronaldo situation, or you just don't trust the team? No, I think that team fucking sucks. I think it's bad. I mean, they got Lissandro Martinez from Ajax. That's a good signing. But Harry Maguire is your club captain. This guy stinks. He's the worst center back in the league. He's per per price, let's say. Okay, He's yeah. terrible. Moran, constantly injured. De Gea is a great keeper, but he has a terrible line in front of him. Luke Shaw, not up to the standards last year. Bill Jones actually got some time last year. Bad scenes. Alex Tellis, terrible <laughs> at left back. They got Malasia from Feyenoord. That's a good signing as well. Bissaka seemingly evaporated. Uh, you have Scott McTominay and Fred, who were two of your most consistent players last year. That is fucking abysmal for a club United side. Or er, size. I think Sancho was... Better than maybe I would have thought, but Rashford evaporated last year. No more Greenwood because he can't stop raping people. Um, you have Alejandro Garnacho who came in. Um, that was an internal transfer. He came up from um, the younger the younger side of the academy. But outside of Diallo and maybe, uh, I don't know, honestly. Outside of Diallo, who are you looking forward to? Elanga? Um, I just, uh, I'm worried. I'm so worried about United. I think the Ronaldo situation is an absolute disaster. It does look like they're going to let him go on loan if he asks for it. Um, that's, that's what the word is. I'm just, nobody wants him. I wouldn't want him either. I, I, Matt, that situation is not good. It's not good at all. If you bring, if you bring him into your team, you have to make your team based around him. I, and I don't think a lot of teams right now want to do that right I, before a season. I totally agree. But he is not happy with Ten Hog and the way that things are going. At he shouldn't be. Right I don't now. think he's mad at Ten Hog. I think he's mad at the board and the club. He likes Ten Hog. Well, it's a problem, nonetheless. He's he's upset with the way that the direction... He should be talking to the Glazers. Yeah, I know, but they're not going to do anything. They don't listen to anybody. Ever. So... I don't know. I just think that it's ugly. It's very, very ugly. Um, 
we're probably going to see a better Bruno Fernandez season this year. Uh, he was okay last year, but not quite as hot as he was when he first came in there. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I worry about their defense a lot. I know Lissandro Martinez was like number one on their bring in list and they were excited, but they're still unable to get Frankie de Jong. Uh, the whole Barca thing is very strange to me. They're, they're poaching players. They're getting players in. They, they're going to get Kunde, it looks like, or I don't know if the papers were already signed or what, but they're not even paying their players at Barcelona right now, salaried players. And they're bringing they owe like $18 million to De Jong still. I know. And they're signing new players to large contracts. So uh, I don't know. Maybe we will see De Jong come in. A lot of people are talking about it still. That's a great signing. That really helps them a lot if they manage to bring him in. I feel like maybe I'll have egg on my face. Um, but if if they're not able to bring anything else in and the Ronaldo situation doesn't improve, then I personally just can't see United contending for a, a Europa League spot. And we we were in a similar spot last year. We're talking about United. We had no inclination or any thought of Ronaldo joining United. And when he did, it was a big change for them. But I think we still had more high hopes with them with the Sancho and Varane. You definitely weren't sold on Sancho. No, but don't. I think we we both like the signing of Aaron. So I don't know. I feel like they'll do a little bit better than you think. I just think the quality over a full season that they have is going to help just keep them in that top six. But um, I think ninth is a bit of a stretch. But I they, they at the end of last year, they were one of the worst teams. They just yeah. never looked like they wanted to play out there. And I think that Brighton 4-0 game was a prime example of it. So bad. So, so bad. All right, and then Zach in ninth also, like me, has Leicester City. Um, Not a big fan. So now we go top eight. Going Newcastle. Um, This is going to be a hot team that a lot of people are going to have in their top tens. Um, The last time they finished in the top eight was back in 2010-11. They finished fifth, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but every, ever since that, they've been like a mid to lower table team. There was a, a three year period where they were a two year period where they got relegated back in 15, 16 and automatically came back up. Um, so they've been through the ringer a lot and they have a, they have a, a club that is rich with history. Um, Alan Shear days, um, just a lot of top qualities come through that club and they've, they've really needed some sort of something to get behind and to actually win some silverware for once. Um, I think I don't think they're there yet, but I feel like they're in, they're taking steps in the right direction. I think the signings they've made: uh, Matt Target on a permanent, Sven Botten, a young young Danish center back or D- Dutch, sorry, um, from Lille, is massive with Champions League experience. And I feel like the biggest signing they made is Nick Pope, um, starting goalkeeper there from Burnley, on an absolute steal of a fee of twelve and a half mil. Um, below what his market value is currently. So that is premium. Um, so Pope, Dan Byrne, Kieran Trippier, Bruno Guimarez, and then Alan St. Maximin are going to be my key players here. The weaknesses I think they have is fullback depth. I think it, it's questionable with Trippier not likely to play massive minutes, especially at his age coming off an injury he did. So I feel like Croft is not the best backup option. Mankio isn't really either. Um, they're definitely going to play four in the back. It is possible that they may switch into a three back. I think they have four starting quality center backs in that team, but I don't know if they're going to stretch it like that. So we'll see. 
come the first couple weeks. But um, St. Max as well, heavily injury prone. And Chris Wood is a lackluster backup we saw last year with the, the minimal goals he put in. I think he had a total of, what is it? Where is he? He finished with only two goals in 18 games for them after January from Burnley. So very, very bad. And then I feel like St. Max's main problem is, is an end product. He can he, he has the flair. He can beat players. Um, he's good for highlight reels. But when it comes to finishing the ball and putting it in the back of the net, he struggles. And he only had five last year, which was second best in the team in 35 matches. But when you have Callum Wilson playing half of the games that you do and scoring eight, um, it's pretty alarming with the amount of opportunity St. Max has. So... Um, that's going to be some somewhere where he needs to improve his game. Um, Strength-wise, I feel like overall they have a good squad depth. Um, Gimarez is going to lead that midfield. He is listed as a defensive mid, but with the way he gets forward and gets involved in the attack, it doesn't seem like it. So um, He's going to be a great player to watch. He's got a good story behind him. Um, the signings I mentioned are great for pushing higher in the table, and I feel like they are guaranteed to make at least one or two more signings. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a big year for them. Like I mentioned, a lot of teams are high, a lot of people are high on them, but at the same time, all those expectations can really put a burden on their shoulders. So we'll see. I think Eddie Howe is going to do a good job and, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see how they do. Yeah. Um, in eighth place, I have Leicester city. I think the fact that they're probably going to retain Yori Tielemans is what elevates them to this spot for me. Um, I think they're going to be in, in play for European contention. They just have such a, a good footballing system there. Uh, they do they do lack firepower, I would say, up top. They rely heavily on James Madison. Um, and if we see him maybe miss some games or, or get injured, I do worry about them because of Vardy uh, and his age. I mean, the the guy still had 15 goals or whatever it was last year, not playing a ton of games, which is so impressive. Uh, he's definitely still got gas left in the tank, and I just think he's so comfortable in that system that when he does play, he's going to perform for you. Same thing with Madison. I, th- I think he's incredibly talented as well, but retaining Tielemans in the midfield, um, having Ndidi, Wesley Fofana going to be back in full swing this year uh, at the center back position. I just think Leicester have an extremely solid team looking up and down, um, you know, from the the top middle into the center mid and then into the center back. They have a a marquee player in essentially every single uh, spot there. Their their flanks, you know, uh, I don't think are as strong as they probably could be, but as long as Leicester don't have injury struggles this season, um, and Rogers doesn't do anything to upset the players, which I he's kind of a divisive figure. Um, but I think that he's found a, a pretty good fit there. And I like Lester to, to finish in eighth place. I just, you know, with those key players, uh, I don't necessarily know if Iannaccio is actually the guy that I thought he was. Um, sort of realized that last season, but I do still like him. I just think Lester are, are primed for a decent season. And I certainly would feel more comfortable with the way that Lester play and uh, their team, knowing what kind of performances you're going to get out of them when uh, I look at them instead of a team like United, you know? Yeah, they were one of my best teams to read last year. Yeah. I feel like the picked a couple upsets they had. There were a couple times where I knew they would drop the ball towards the end of the game, and they did. And yeah, they're a wishy-washy team. And I think Iannaccio is better as a number two up front than the lead guy, it's seeming like. So 
We'll see. He, he did that with Aguero at City when given opportunities, and he's doing the same thing with Vardy here. So, um, And then Zach in eighth has Aston Villa. Um, he's going with them. Now we get into the top seven now. Um, it's going to be pretty similar teams. Um, the only one not being united there with Evan. He's not a big believer um, with them. In seventh place, going with West Ham United. I just still don't think they have enough to crack in there. They're going to be playing conference league ball, which is going to stretch them very far across Europe. They're going to be traveling to places that you never knew existed to play games, um, which is going to suck Thursday nights and then having to come back and play on Sundays. So, And with the small squad they have, is going to put a lot of a lot of pressure on them to 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 really take care of their bodies and make sure they don't get hurt because if one or two of their main players get hurt it's really going to hurt it's really going to damper their uh league performance so um in the market though i feel like they've done an okay job they brought in a mark noble replacement in the midfield in downs from swansea they bring in uh or i should say they make Ariola's move permanent as a backup goalie for them um, and then this Nafig Aguerd from Morocco, they yeah. signed him from Stad Rene, um, a decent center back for them to get in the rotation because center back was an issue for them last year with Ogbana and Zuma having their own individual troubles. So um, I think those are all around good signings. They've let go of a few older players that just didn't fit the squad as well. Um, but they, they kept those main players in Bowen, Rice, Antonio. The, the foundation for how they play and having David Moyes as the manager still is quality. Um, he's somebody that will get them a top eight finish at minimum. So I'm, I'm pretty strong in thinking they're going to finish seventh, um, but I feel like they're going to bring it. They need to bring in another. They need to bring in that striker for Antonio. And I think they're on the cusp of doing that. They were trying to make it Armando Brosia from Chelsea, but it's taking too long, so they're going to Syria and bringing somebody in for I think thirty six mil from Sosuelo. Yes. Don't really know anything about him, but um, having that depth is key for them this year if they want to battle on multiple fronts. So um, the thing that's going to kill them is that small squad. I think they only have like twenty three first team players currently, um, which could grow if they promote a few youth guys or make one or two more signings. But um, yeah, I think West Ham are in a pretty stable spot right now. I don't think they can drop off too hard. Like I think 10th would be the lowest I can see them finish, but I don't see them finishing above maybe 6th. Okay, cool. Um, in 7th place, I have West Ham. I think this is going to be a year where we actually get a, a well-performing West Ham. Last season, they had some struggles, but... They did manage to secure a decent enough finish. It's really going to come down to Mikel Antonio here. When he is healthy, he is an unbelievable force, but he sort of fell off the pace last season, even with his health. I just think he's like the number one guy there. He he matters so much. Um, and I think Moyes has really emerged as a extremely sound manager. Uh, like I said earlier, I wish they would have... Um, Dove back in for uh, Jesse Lingard. He was so good for them there, but we're we're not going to see that. So, <clears throat> um, Declan Rice. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. He is so important there. Suchek was was the guy that I thought was going to be their number one defensive midfielder. 
probably two years ago at this point, but he's sort of fallen off of that form. Uh, now he's just been pretty solid. He's still got an extremely high market value. Um, but I think Rice is, is definitely the guy there. I like their their left and right flanks. Cresswell and Kufal, both extremely decent players. Uh, you have Masuaku there backing up uh, Cresswell for the most part. And then you have Craig Dawson, Aguerd, who we talked about, and, and Kurt Zuma there at center back, as well as Diop. And I think that's a decent back line as well. Um, I'll be interested to see what the goalkeeper situation is like. It's It's seemingly... Uh, gonna be Ariola starting there above Fabianski, but I've I, I'm not really sure to be honest with you. So no, I think Fabianski is a firm number one. Still for gonna them. be one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was there last year too. Yeah, I think Ariola played all the cup games and uh, Europa League games. Yeah. Um, but then they have Bowen up top, who's who's extremely important if they can get him firing when Antonio is not firing, or maybe even just sort of rely on him full time now, which they did at a lot of points last season, um, then that's going to be important too. But I just like West Ham as a unit. I think they play well as a team. I think Moyes is a great manager, and they're certainly going to be contending for uh, for a European spot. Yeah, and then to cap it all off, Zach as well has West Ham seventh. So I think this is the only team we've agreed on so far. Okay. All the three. So now we get into the top six here, Europa League ball. Um, Man United for me, sixth place is good. Same as last year. Um, it's pretty rare a team finishes exactly the same they did the previous year, but I feel like there's still too much change going on with the club. They're constantly having change, whether it's with the key players leaving or performing bad or the manager. Um, I feel like Ten Hag's been the best manager so far that they brought in, maybe. Um, it's tough to say even before the games, but in the training footage and preseason, um, he, he has a strong um, value and moral system and the way he goes about his business with uh, the club um, training regimen, I should say. It's all well-driven. I think he has a good background with Ajax. Um, that's a good base to have um, rather than coming from a, just a straight player, player um, to manager thing. He's been in the game for a long time. Yeah. So I feel like he's a good guy to build the system. He's bringing in players that he knows well in Martinez, uh, Molassia playing in the league for a little while with him. Um, Erickson is a quality signing to get things going with experience. And then promoting youngsters. I feel like that's one thing United fans are always preaching. They want to see guys from the academy come through and and perform that's one thing they've always wanted historically and i feel like this is going to be a big year for that with with these two um alanga um all those different players rashford if he picks form back up they they're deciding they don't want to sell him or let him go they want to keep him um so they have a lot of young quality players in this team you have the ronaldo headache um, he is back. I don't think anybody's going to buy him. He's going to have to stay and play out his contract, which I don't think he'll have a problem doing. But I think if they don't finish top four next year, he's gone. So it's it's a massive year for him. De Gea is well in goal. Um, I know he's going to be he's going to play every single game. Uh, like last year, him and Lloris were the only players to play every single minute last year of the season. Um, Maguire, if Maguire can. Get some sort of consistency and partnership back there with somebody. I think that he just needs a few games of confidence. And to have the fans stop just 
getting on his ass, which is t- it's going to be almost impossible. But uh, I think he just needs some love, really. The constant, the constant pressure and hate he gets probably weighs massively on him. He is a human being, so yeah. I don't know if he need he needs some sort of boost in the game, whether it's a goal or big, big clean sheets. Like I, he needs something, and then Bruno as well. I feel like Bruno's taking a backseat to Ronaldo a bit. He needs to find that spark again to really get things going, and I'm sure he will. So weaknesses, um, the number one thing, they need to show some passion and hunger when they play. Um, Ronaldo not being content with the club vision, I don't think that's going to affect his on-game performance. He's still going to ball out, but in the back of the mi- in the back of the mind and in the media's view, that's constantly going to be revolving all year. Especially if they don't do well to start, they're going to they're going to be on his ass, um, probably telling him to leave in January, but. And then uh, I already mentioned it, consistent play from the defense, not just McGuire, but everybody overall. So uh, strength-wise, potent attacking lineup. They have addressed key areas in the market in uh, the defense. Um, And then keeping a couple attackers that they may have let go. Uh, And then I think the club and players are fully buying Ten Hag and his style. So I think they have the quality and depth enough to finish top sixth, but not enough to crack that top four. I think those teams above them are just doing too much to separate themselves from United. Okay. Uh, In sixth, I have Newcastle. This is a high, high line for them. Um, I just think that they have improved where they needed to improve. Uh, They got Matt Target now from, from Villa. They've gotten Sven Botman from, Leo, Sven Botman's a huge signing. He's really young, too. He's only 22 years old. Um, to throw him back there with Dan Byrne, I think, is a great decision. You have Fabian Schaar there as well, who got a lot of time last year. even had a couple of goals for them. So their depth uh, defensively has improved. Matt Ritchie and Matt Target um, <clears throat> both have at left back. And then Kieran Trippier is probably... Um, going to be their starting right back, but I worry about the time that he's going to get. I think you mentioned this as well. Kraft, not necessarily a, a great backup there. So that could be a, a spot of weakness for them for sure. But I think their midfield is sort of um, where you, where I think they're going to be making a difference. There's probably going to be one more signing here if I had to guess. Um, but I'm not sure. I think they were looking at Broja. He's a center forward, but I think he could slot back further if they need to to play him in attacking midfield. Um, you have Kimarash, who was unbelievable last season. He's going to step into that, uh, step into a further role. I think he was kind of the box to box guy last year um, at home in the defensive midfield, but capable of playing a box to box role. Had a lot of goals towards the end of last season. You have Jolinton there, who I think can do a job as well, but. Up top is where I think things really matter. You have St. Max. If he stays healthy, he's an unbelievable force. Um, Ryan Fraser's the backup there. Not necessarily super high on him. But Callum Wilson is is a fantastic player. Um, another guy who misses time. I'm hoping he doesn't miss time this season because he's going to be able to bag quite a few goals um, right alongside Chris Wood. So that's two guys, Callum Wilson and Chris Wood, who I think are certainly capable of, of having 10 at least 10 goals. Um, it's just a matter of if they stay healthy or not. So we'll have to see. But I think Newcastle play is a great unit. Um, they have a ton of money, obviously, at their disposable, disposal. And then Eddie Howe was great for them last season. He really got them uh, into the shape they needed to be. And I think that it's only going to be an improvement for them this year. So 
Um, they their expenditure is like seventy two point six USD uh, million USD this season, and I don't think they're done. They just have so much money. We're gonna see at least one or two more signings. I'm curious to see where uh, they decide to spend that money. Probably the attacking midfield would be a good idea, um, but we'll see. Uh, I just think that they play well as a unit, and if they are able to improve on how well they played last season, they're one hundred percent gonna be um, in the top eight. Yeah, I definitely think a striker is where they're going to buy. I yeah. think that's definitely one of the spots they need. I just don't know who, I just don't know who is available at that. That's sort of like fifty, sixty mil price point that they're going to. I don't know if they're going to be able to buy. I don't think anybody's at that value is going to want to go there. Um, yeah. I think they're going to have to go a little lower. I think Broya would be a prime guy to go there. Yeah. Um, fifth place, or, or sorry, real quick, Zach in sixth has Arsenal. That's um, disgraceful as fuck, unfortunately. <laughs> Gonna need a word with him. Yeah, we're, we'll be having a word on the tee box. All right, so fifth place. <laughs> fifth and fourth for me were the toughest positions to pick this year. Yeah. Uh, I spent 30 minutes last night in my head going back and forth for different reasons, but the ultimate decision I came down to here in fifth, I have Arsenal. Again, um, disgusting. Yeah, I just... There's there's some bias in there too, but I just feel like the it. if we're being fully honest, uh, I just they're they have their pros, they have their cons. Them and Chelsea, I've been fourth, but I just don't think I think they're gonna have a similar finish to last year where the youth is an issue. I feel like the signings they've made have been phenomenal. Um, They've added so much experience with just Jesus and Sinchenko alone. They have a winner's mentality coming from Man City, understanding what it takes to be successful in this league. The The versatility of players brought in that can play multiple positions is great. Uh, Marquinhos, that young winger from Sao Paulo, I think that's a good signing to have as depth, uh, a future star maybe. But I just think that um the age is going to be a challenge for them at times in games they're going to be restricted in the attack at times because i mentioned aerial duels they finished second from the bottom in the league last year most of those probably coming from the defensive third because i don't think they're going to be a team that whips in high balls for headers everything's going to be on the floor yes which, which isn't a bad thing but at times it can help defenses not have to worry about certain situations but um yeah, I just feel like it's going to be tough for them at times, breaking teams down that sit further back. Um, we saw that a lot, not just with them, but with a lot of other teams that finished in this area of the table, teams that sit back and wait, bide their time. And when it comes to a set-piece game, they struggle. So I feel like that's going to be a downfall for them. Inconsistent performances and injury-prone in the midfield. Thomas Partey, always injured at times. Xhaka, multiple times, will be suspended. Um, Sambi, I don't think is ready to be at a first team level. No, he's not ready. Um, El Nini is El Nini. Um, I feel like they still need that that guy in the middle to really drive forward and partner with Partey. So that's a key area, and I think that's where Tillemans would be prime. But yeah. um, it's still early in the window, and I feel like out of the top six teams that I have in my list, I feel like Mikel is still not the established elite manager yet. I feel like he's on the cusp. I think he's right there. I think he's got, he's been at the helm for a good amount of time now to where I saw a tweet comparing the squads that he has now 
and from when he started and it's an it's an incredibly significant difference yeah in in the in the quality of players and the profile they have their cv um and in and our perspectives like it's it's crazy what he's built and i think he's done a great job but i feel like he needs one more window to bring in one or two more players to break into that top four um sure. I, already, I already mentioned the strengths and the signings they made i think they play with flair and their final third play is going to be elite um and then yeah just again i think zinchenko and especially jesus are going to be opening things up for players that they haven't had in the past so um and then one more thing i'll say saliba is yeah, great is is feeling like a new signing as well and it gives you some 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 different options there you don't always have to play ben white in the back there maybe you can play it right back instead of having rob holding out there um when you have injury issues with tamiasu but um yeah i feel like all around you guys have a good squad all right um did i save it a little bit there no i i to- it's totally <laughs> possible that Arsenal plays fifth. I mean, it's where we finished last season. It's totally possible that it happens again. Um, I, I'm not ruling that out. I just have higher hopes, I guess, this year. Uh, in my fifth place spot, I have Tottenham. I think wow. they are going to... They have a decent rotation up top, but I worry about their defensive rotation, especially with the potential... Um, loss of what's his name Reguillon, uh and the potential loss of Tanganga. Uh they're going to be playing in a lot of tournaments this year. They're in the Champions League, they're in the Prem, they're going to be playing two league cups as well. Um they have made some extremely good signings, but they've also lost some guys as well. And Domblé um I believe is gone or is he leaving uh to Leon? He's not in the plans. Yeah. Um, Lo Celso, another guy, not probably in the plans. I feel um, like that's a good thing. Sorry to cut you off, but I feel like that's a good thing. Lo Celso? Manager, no, not just him. I'm just saying like it's a good thing he's figuring these things out early on to where I guess getting into an early point with my Chelsea talk is having all these guys just lingering and not being decisive on getting them out. So I feel yeah. like Conte just knows what he wants. Yeah, no, I I do I understand. I I totally get that point. I think it's a good thing, but I think losing depth regardless of if these guys are are in your long-term plans, you never know what's going to happen injury-wise. Like you, right, you have no fair. idea. It's totally possible that guys get injured and you don't have any choice but to fall back on these guys. Now, instead, we're probably if that does happen, you know, something catastrophic, you'll probably see some of these other signings sort of slot in there like Jed Spence. Um you know, that's a signing they, they just got from Middlesbrough. Um, it's a huge signing. I think they got him for a great price, too. Uh, you may see him sort of playing out of position, and, and that that's fine. Um, but I think the signing of Forster as a backup keeper is actually 100% been slept on. I think that's a great move. Um, it looks like they have... Did they bring in Lenglet from uh, Barca? year on loan yeah that's a great signing as well but um i'm not necessarily sure about what's going to happen just in general with tottenham we saw last season they had some interesting results against teams they probably should have beaten and then towards the end of the season they managed to clutch it up but i'm not 100 percent sold on the fact that they have um they have enough enough depth 
to compete every single week in the Prem. Um, uh, I worry about the same thing with Arsenal. I just think their scoring power uh, and the way that they're they're going to play up top is is going to be unbelievable. Um, they're super streaky, but I think that that's going to be a uh, strength for Arsenal. I'm just not I'm not there with Tottenham this year, and it's it's strange because they did manage to beat us out last season. Um, some of my hatred for Tottenham is is obviously shining through here because I don't have great reasons, but um, the 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 entrance of Richarlison is strange to me still. Uh, him playing in a backup role there for for Kane, I think, is going to be. I I don't know. I I just don't know how much time he's going to get, and I think that's a weird weird sort of thing to bring in. I guess if you have the money, it it makes sense, but. Um, Richarlison is a emotional player, um, and I, I can see some sort of drama sort of breaking out here. So, um, I don't know. I, I just think weird things are, are going to happen there this year. I, I don't think, um, a fourth place finish is, is in the cards for them. Uh, I, I just, I liked them in fifth. I think they're certainly going to drop some points. They, they typically always do. And this isn't the year where they break into like, you know, top three. I just, I can't see it. Uh. All right, and then Zach has Chelsea in fifth, so he's got both of our clubs outside top four there. Um, now we, we, we get into the, the final stretch of the show here, top four, Champions League. Uh, I already said Chelsea in fourth for me. It's going to be a bit of a drop-off from last year. I feel like all the other teams have done better um, in the market and overall preparing their squads in the preseason. Um, our key players, Edward Mendy, Tiago Silva, Reese James, Mason Mount, and Raheem Sterling. Weakness-wise, like I mentioned before, I feel like we have too many players in the squad that are uncertain in their fut- on their futures. Tuchel had that interview where he was comparing the friendly against Arsenal, saying that uh, they came out with a passion and a, a, an intensity in the game and supporting the manager, where when they came out, there wasn't didn't seem like any fight or drive in the um in the in the fitness and the game plan like everything was lacking um i feel like we still with our main problem for the last five to six whatever however long it's been since drogba we're lacking that uh or maybe even diego costa if you want yeah costa was really good um we're still lacking the attack for that main focal point up top kai havertz isn't a number nine primary um we're gonna have to rotate into like a, a false nine type of deal again and I feel like one thing we don't really talk about is without N'Golo Conte, we we lack a strong defensive mid. Um, Jorginho, Kovacic aren't really a menacing, don't have menacing builds. I think you can agree. They're not somebody that you're afraid to go up for a 50-50 ball or challenge in a tough tackle, like uh, similar to like a Partey, a Rodri, a Fabinho, uh, even a McTominay, like these get big guys with, with strong presence. Um, I feel like, especially with his injury problems, we're going to have big problems there or trouble. Um, Strength-wise, I feel like Sterling and Koulibaly have been great signings. They are statement signings that we're coming out here reinvesting in the squad, and they're going to be essential starters for the year. Uh, Reese James and Chilwell on the flanks, fully fit will open up our team or will open up other teams greatly and and will make Mount and Sterling's jobs a lot easier. Uh, and then I still believe Mason Mount's going to be that lead guy for us, even with Sterling in the team. 
He's going to be the creative player getting a lot of goals from top of the box, creating a lot of opportunities, I would think, for James and Chilwell. Um, so, yeah, I think I just think we need to clean up the squad a bit. That is one of my main reasons for having Chelsea over Arsenal is we still have a lot of time to rotate people out, sell, buy one or two more people. The Kunde thing is falling through because we're having, we're, there's too many semantics with Barcelona. It's really fucking annoying. Um, I really hope we match them in the Champions League and fucking yeah, crush them. I do too. <laughs> I really want to see them. In, it doesn't even matter if it's not in our group. I hope it's in the, in, in the knockout rounds in that first 16 just to get some some revenge there um just messing with us not even just about the players but because i wasn't really hoping for like a rafinha i think i'd rather have sterling than rafinha and then uh kunde i'm not sure about so now we're focusing more on that uh leipzig guy i think and we were trying to steal that um Mukulele guy from psg that they're getting from leipzig so yeah and then uh, i think timo Werner is is starting to come out like he wants to leave. And I think Juventus right now is open to a potential move for him, which would be great to get him off the books, which is something I didn't think would happen. Yeah. A lot of these players, like I don't think we're going to be able to sell for, to get anything back. It's going to be, they have to leave on freeze to get restructured deals. So I don't want to see that. We need to get some sort of money back for these players. It's something big clubs have a hard time doing. And I feel like Man City is turning that story around with what they've been doing now. So um, it's going to be tough. I, I, I believe that we're going to have things turned around by September. A lot of things are going to be solved, but it may be too short of a window to, to get things going to where we're, we're challenging for around with those top two guys. So, yeah, I think we're just a little bit off again. Yeah. Um, I have Chelsea in fourth. I just worry about their lack of finishing. There is yeah. a ser- I mean, you you've been saying this for some time. There is a serious lack of putting away chances there. And there are a considerable amount of chances that are created in general because their midfield is so strong and they're so strong from the flanks as well. I just think it's going to be another sort of unfortunate year for Chelsea because they have such a, such a really, they do have a great team. There are so many good players on this team, but I don't think bringing in, Sterling is going to be enough to sort of put all of those chances away. You know, he's going to be playing on the left wing. Pretty, I would imagine uh, that's where he's played in preseason. That one game that I watched him play. So, I, I just don't think there's enough there uh, at the striker position. They're going to be playing a false nine, just like Matt said. Havertz is a great player. I love him. I think he's he's fantastic. Mount, another fantastic player, but these guys are both attacking midfielders. They're not strikers. So um, if Chelsea are unable to sort of cut the dead weight as well, that's that's going to be a problem. I saw a stat yesterday. Um, the amount of wages that are just sort of sitting there and getting paid out to players that don't really play, like Ross Barkley's making like 100K a week, uh, that's crazy to me. So if if they're not able to mitigate some of those salary losses essentially i think that we're going to be in for for a, a tough time here 
just just in the team, not necessarily in a financial position, because we know that that's not a problem. You know, Todd Bowley has a ton of money, but I think it weighs on Tuchel. I think he is going to struggle without a true striker there. Um, and if, if Chelsea aren't able to bring somebody in like that, then I, I just don't see them uh, launching themselves into top three this year. Uh, I think that they have the talent on the rest of the pitch to 100% do that. Koulibaly is a great signing. Um, oh, excuse me. And, and Thiago Silva somehow still has a ton of gas left in the tank. I, I really could not tell you how. He's 37 years old, and he's still extremely solid. So they have a lot of leaders on this team, but their defensive midfield uh, and their lack of a true striker, I think, is is problematic. And that's why I just don't think they're going to be able to uh, break into that top three. But it'll be a decent season, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's a long, it's going to be a long year where they 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 have figured things out. And I think Connor Gallagher has piqued Tuchel's interest, and I think he's going to be able to get involved in the first team a bit. So um, it just comes down to who those three guys in the middle are, those two are, because you you always need somebody to be that defensive core. And we got really exposed in that preseason game having. Mount Jorginho and, and Gallagher in the middle, who none of them are big on uh, defensive duties. So, um, yeah. And closing out fourth, Zach has Man U finishing fourth. He thinks they're going to get back in the into the mix, um, which should be interesting. That's a big gap between what he has, where he has them, and where you have them, five places. So, yep. uh, third place, I'm going with Spurs. I just really love what Antonio Conte is building there. Um, it seems like the way I make my tables that I don't really that maybe I subconsciously do is it's all based on the managers and how I believe in them and I think that's fair. I think Antonio Conte right now is doing a little bit better of a job than Tuchel, which isn't totally Tuchel's fault, but now that he's getting money invested into the club, he's earning their respect. The fact he finished fourth with the team he had last year with all the drama is incredible. Yeah, it is. And and now that he's bringing in guys like Basuma, Jed Spence, Perisic, like these are all guys that are going to be heavily involved in the first team. I think Perisic right away is going to be starting at that left wing back role. He's going to be given a highly offensive side of the game out there, similar to how TAA does for Liverpool probably. He's worked with Conte before with, with Inner, so there already is a relationship there. Um, not entirely sure if Jed Spence is going to start right away. You still have Emerson out there who could share minutes with him, but they are selling a couple more players too. So they're getting some deadwood out, um, getting Kulisevsky on a permanent massive. He's a great facilitator. We saw last year getting like 11 assists in in a very short amount of time. Um, the weaknesses I feel like are going to be those wingbacks were inconsistent last year in, uh, Regulon, Doherty, um, Sesson Young at times and uh, Emerson as well. So I feel like that's one where one place they get exposed. The center backs having issues building out of the back, whether it's Sanchez, uh, Romero at times, Eric Dyer. I feel like the building out of the back was a bit of a problem. And then you can see this as a weakness or a strength, depending on what you see. But I feel like they rely a little bit too heavily on Sun and Kane to score. They scored 40 of the team's 69 goals last year, which I think is the highest percentage of a duo for any team in the league last year. So if one of them get hurt, this is really going to be bad. 
Yeah. Um, bringing in Richarlson as a backup for Kane, I think, is the right idea. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I'm really interested to see how he fits this system. If he plays off to the wing at times when Harry Kane's in there. If he's like a 15, 20-minute guy to come in towards the end of the year to give some energy. Um, we know he can give good performances, but I don't know. There's a lot of unknowns. Um, the strengths, they addressed a lot of needed um, areas on the pitch with Len Lay, who is a bit out of favor at Barca. So I don't know how big of an impact he's going to make here. If Maybe he's just depth. Um, the wingbacks we mentioned, Basuma is going to be a massive role. Now that Harry Winks is out of favor, it's going to be a mixture of Hoiberg, Basuma, and uh, Bentacor in the middle there for them, which I think is a good three to rotate. That's really all Conte used last year as a main three guys in the middle. So that should work. And then uh, I feel like they have a I, opposite of what you, I think they do have a big enough squad to compete in all these different competitions. They have 30 guys, um, probably maybe make one more signing, get rid of two or three. I feel like that's enough to where they can compete on multiple fronts. And then uh, lastly, I think opposite of them relying on Kane and Son too much, I feel like they're the best duo in the league. Yeah. Um, Could be changed this year with Saka and Jesus, right? In third, I have Arsenal. <laughs> uh, I think we have a chance to... This is probably the most optimistic you've been for Arsenal in a long time. I Because I've always wanted a good striker. And, and we've never you... gotten it. Yeah. I mean, well, no, Aubameyang. Was Aubameyang. Good. Yeah, but we'll see how that turned out. I think Jesus is a, he was a head down grinder his whole time at City. And he's come in, and sure, he's got a little bit of flair, but in preseason, I hate, I hate saying in preseason because we know preseason means nothing. But he's slotted right in. He looks amazing when he's on the field. He's put in constant shifts i i just think that if we can take anything from his time at city that he's going to be a professional and that he's going to play and give you his absolute best every single game and i worry about the fact that he's been not playing every single game for city right he he didn't get an astronomical amount of time there and he's probably going to get that at arsenal but i think that with his skill set and what we have going on on the flanks it's just going to be scary season for for teams that have lacking defenses or guys that aren't pacey martinelli jesus and Saka, i mean they are going to absolutely shred the link-up play is going to be elite. I worry about our defensive midfield. Matt's right. We don't have somebody to to jump in with Partey. That's that's not good. But Jaka was good at the end of last season. He's going to be out for a ton of games because he gets red cards constantly. Our defense is in a spot now where I think it's actually solid. Saliba coming in is huge. Um, we're going to be able to probably throw Ben White into other positions now at this point, playing um you know out on out at right back i think i worry about tomiyasu's health and i worry about tyranny's health but those guys are clear number ones both extremely talented and and ready for top flight football at the top the the 
highest level. And I think Zinchenko next to Partey. Yeah, we we could we could play Zinchenko in the defensive midfield. It's one hundred percent possible. Um, that's a great signing. The the Jesus signing's great. Vieira, we brought him as well. He's an attacking midfielder. I'm really curious to see how he kind of pans out with Arsenal, but the tape on him is unbelievable. He's extremely talented. So I'm just really hopeful. I think Mikel's got he's he's got some sort of vision for the club, um, which is what you want to see. Can I see youth being an issue? Yeah, for sure. I think it's unrealistic to sort of just totally disregard that. It it, it could be a problem. There's rumors about Gabriel, uh, sort of you know having the having his door knocked on by some other clubs. I think uh, Juve were looking at him for a second, but it looks like to me that we're going to be able to. Um, you know, retain pretty much everybody in the first team. I'd like to see Nuno Tavares leave every single time he stepped on a pitch. Last season, there was a disaster. Um, but other than that, I think that this Arsenal team is absolutely primed for an extremely good season. Um, we need to start hot and finish hot. Uh, we we were just not great at the beginning of last season, and that really hurt us when it came down the stretch because we, we were able to linked together some incredible performances, but just fell flat at the very end. And if we hadn't lost all those games at the beginning, I think we would have finished fourth. So if it's going to be an improvement over last season, I think it's realistic to say they could finish definitely top four and maybe even in third position. We should know, you know, everybody should know that this is a complete homer pick, but I'm very hopeful, very, very hopeful for Arsenal. And I think we're going to get so many clips of just disgusting link-up play and unbelievable finishes. And I'm so excited for it. Arsenal fan TV is going to be bumping this year. Oh, it's, it's going to be jumping. I can't wait. Uh, yeah, I'm really... I mean, we're 10 days away now. It's, it's going to be it's gonna be intense, that first game against Palace. Uh, I can't wait. I, I I don't think my new... The, have you seen the new black kit with the gold lettering? Yeah, it's one of in, my favorites. Not going to be in in time. G. Jesus on the back. I ordered it like a couple oh, weeks ago. No. It's still not going to be in. Day. Or a couple days be, ago. Sorry, not weeks. It's going to look good. I oh, know. I can't wait. Um, Yeah, I guess now Zach finished... Zach has his third position going to Tottenham like me. Yeah. He's a big Kane Son believer. All right. Now we get into the conventional top two. Second <laughs> yeah, place Second place Liverpool. I am not putting them lower than second. I've learned from no. my mistakes last year. Unless they go through a COVID or uh, what was it? Two years ago where they all got hurt. They will not finish below second. Um, they've actually spent money this year on darwin nunez who i think the other day scored four goals in a preseason game which take it as you want um carvalho and calvin ramsey two youngsters bringing in depth for the attacking mid and fullback role um key players for them are going to be van dyke lead in the back trent on the wing uh fabinho in the middle who scored a lot of goals from the holding mid spot as well as raji will get to a city like they Scored a lot of goals for where they were. And then uh, Mo Salah and Luis Diaz for me. Weaknesses. It's tough to draw weaknesses on these two teams, but um, they Liverpool, vulnerable on the counter down the wings. Um, I feel like Van Dyke, just the ground he can cover is huge. And Matt Hitt probably had his best season ever at Liverpool last year, staying fit for a majority of the year. 
He was very aggressive going forward as a center back, scored a lot of goals, um, which was nice. It adds to the team overall. Um, the midfield depth, I feel like, is a little thin for what they want to do. If they're going for quadruple-like things, they need more in the midfield, I would say. Um, I feel like Fabinho, Thiago, and um, Henderson are an okay three. But the depth in Oxlade-Chamberlain, Keita, who's always hurt, um, Milner is more of a, a utility guy. Like, um, I feel like they just are lacking a little bit in that midfield. They need one more guy. And I think Jude Bellingham was on a lot of people's lists this summer. But um, I think next year would be the year that they're going to jump on that. So it'll be tough for them this year to challenge City again based off that midfield play. And then I feel like the loss of Mane may affect the team early in the year, but they're eventually going to recover from that. It all depends on how well Nunes does, because we always we already know Luis Diaz is top quality and is very effective on that wing, and he's going to get even more time now, which is great. Um, and then your boy Jota, who people forget about, like he is mm-hmm. very good in the air. Like he's very underrated in aerial duels, wins a lot of head balls, scores a lot of headers. Um, so they have a lot of great talent up front. Um, strengths, strong th- defensive three when those fullbacks go up in Robertson and, and Trent, uh, in Matip, Verge, and Fabinho. If Thiago is fit, he rips teams apart with his vision and passing range. It's crazy to see the difference in when he plays and when he doesn't. And then I already mentioned the attacking options they have are, are premium. So it's, it's going to be tight again. I do think Liverpool are going to lead the league early in the year, but I feel like eventually City are just going to come back roaring in that winter period. Yeah. Um, that That's like their prime window is the Christmas to February window. It's when City just roll. Yep. I have Liverpool in second as well. I mean, Matt's covered it. I don't think we have literally anything negative to say about Liverpool other than the fact that City are somehow better because they just don't drop as many results. Um, I mean, Liverpool only lost two games. I know. I just think that Liverpool let some points up in draws. Yeah, you know what I, I mean, mean, yeah, there three was, draws. There, there was some draws um, where things got strange. They did seem susceptible to to some late sort of surges from other teams last year. I just think City are are above i they seem infallible inflappable i i just don't see them making any mistakes um it's weird i i don't have anything negative to say about liverpool i really don't i i just don't think that they're gonna um be able to keep up with city because of the christmas period like you just said they are they don't they don't lose in that period they get it going and they keep it going pretty much all the way until the end of the season so um I think it's going to be a good year for Liverpool. I, I don't think there's anything to sort of worry about. I To be honest with you, I think they have a better chance of winning the Champions League than they do the league, um, just because the league sort of seems to be uh, City's sort of domain, and they can't capitalize in the Champions League. So I just think Liverpool are going to be more spread out in terms of focus, uh, and I think you know City probably only win by three points this year, but it's, uh, it's going to be City up there for me and Liverpool in second. Yeah, the, the the game I think Liverpool lost the league was. I mean, obviously you can say the the two draws against City, but yeah, I feel like the the away loss to Leicester they lost one nil, 
where Leicester were just absolutely like D-Day, just boxing in, covering the hatch. Like they did everything possible to get that result. Um, and I feel like that's where they slipped up a bit. But yeah, um, Zach has Liverpool as well in second. So we all have Man City finishing first, winning the league. Um, which isn't a hard thing. I think 90% of the people that do this will pick City to win. Um, key players, Ederson, Ruben Diaz, Jao Cancelo, Kevin De Bruyne, and Erlen Holland. The I spent 10 minutes trying to come up with weaknesses. I had three for Liverpool. I only have one for City. I, it was really hard. Um, and it's the same thing for Liverpool. It's just vulnerable on the counterattack down the wings. Um, especially when Kyle Walker doesn't play, they just lose a bit of pace. Um, and the counters are just right there. And we saw at times that Laporte, his decision-making, closing down people on those breakaway opportunities is a little bit iffy. But yeah. um, getting those guys in the open field is where you really need to open them up when they are in cover situations, whether you need to break two of them down. It's really hard. You saw Mo Salah do it against like four of them for goal of the year contender, dribbling through everybody. But that's never going to happen. That's like a 1% thing. So I feel like getting them on the counter, down the flanks, in one-on-one situations where they have to show quality closing people down and clamp and putting the clamps on, um, that's what teams need to do more. Um, strengths, they reinforce the squad with big signings. They get their big number nine signing in Erling Holland at a very premium price, um, as well as some, <laughs> it's hard to say, some depth in the CDM position with Calvin Phillips. We always refer to his Euro Euro um, performance, but last year was kind of lackluster with injury. Yeah. And even when he did play, he wasn't at full fitness. So getting him to rotate in there with Rodri is going to be nice. Um, and then uh, kind of pushing Gundogan out of the field a bit, I would think. But um, And then everyone is involved in the final third. Everybody gets goals. When you look at their goal um, distribution, they had three guys above 10 goals, and they had... They had eight guys above seven, so everybody is scoring on this team. There were only two players last year in the first team, outfield players that didn't score in uh, Walker and Zinchenko, so, and, and that's in the league alone, so um, everybody's involved. And then uh, they just overwhelm, overwhelm teams with the pressing tactics. They have Liverpool do the same thing, but um, they just squeeze the life out of you, and if you aren't in the game after the first half, it's very, very bleak for you to get back involved. Yeah. City number one. Yeah. They're going to win again. What What else is there to say? Honestly. Yeah, three years in a row. Three years I in think, a row. Um, I don't think any team's ever done that. City have won the league the last four out of the five previous seasons, and the one they didn't, they finished second. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy to think. Um, they've won the league. What is that? Four in the last five. They've won seven, or no, yes, yeah, six out of the last ten. So um, it's crazy. It's a dynasty kind of thing. I think the main thing that glues it together is Pep. Ultimately, um, we're seeing De Bruyne come to these 31 32. They're going to start losing these players. It's going to be a similar thing to where. In the 2015 area where they lost Yaya Torre, they lost Company Aguero, David Silva, like all these players started leaving and they kind of had to reinvest and it worked out. But um, we're, we're starting to see that next crop being built in Holland, in Phillips, Phil Jones, 
Grealish, like that's going to be that next crop of Man City dynasty players. So um, it's it's just almost impossible to plug a hole in anything. I don't think it's 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 a bad thing if you think not a bad thing. I shouldn't say I don't think it's wrong to have Liverpool in first. I think they definitely are capable of winning the league, but um, it, there's nobody else really to put a challenge on City's titles hopes. So um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think there's anything really else to say about them. No, there's not. I just don't see them. I don't see them falling off the pace. Uh, it's kind of t- it's kind of tough. When you look I mean, at it, because it's like, do we want to see another year of this? But I don't know. There's something about the way that City play that's like in the league, at least. It's just like, it's like so when entertaining. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like when Barcelona won eight La Liga titles in eleven years. It's like that type of thing here, um, in a much more difficult league where all the money comes in. Um, but do you, I feel like with Sterling leaving, there's a lot more game time opportunity and uh, goals to be had that he's leaving. So I think Grealish maybe do you think Grealish can have a bigger role now that Sterling's gone or do you feel like more of that time is going to be given to um, Phil, Je- Phil Phil Foden and uh, Mares? No, I think they're going to probably force Grealish to sort of get some more time. And what I will say is it seems like from the reports that I've read, I read one the other day that uh, Holland and and Grealish have become fast friends. They really like each other. They like the yeah. way that each other play, and I think that's huge because you just spent however much money on Holland. He's going to be your number one guy. You probably want Jack Grealish um, in that team if they get along well and they link up well. So I think we're going to see a lot, a lot more of Jack Grealish, and we know what he's capable of. Um, I'm sure we'll see Foden too. Uh, don't don't get it twisted, guys, but. Uh, I do think that we're going to see more Grealish. It's going to be a much better year for him this year than it was last. I just, I just think he underperformed a little bit last year. Yeah. So real quick, if you want to review the whole table, I uh-huh. guess, yeah. just so when I look back, it's easier. I don't have to like click through everything. So yeah. for me, my my list, I got Man City first, Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea. Uh, in the Champions League, then I got Arsenal, United, West Ham, fifth to seventh. Then we go Newcastle, Leicester, Aston Wolves, Brighton, mid, Palace, Everton, Leeds, Brentford, Forest, lower mid, and then relegation: Southampton, Fulham, Bournemouth. Okay, uh, I have City at one, Liverpool at two, Arsenal at three, Chelsea at four, Tottenham. Five, Newcastle United six, West Ham seven, uh, Leicester City in eighth, United in ninth, Palace in tenth, Villa in eleventh, Wolves in twelfth, Brighton in thirteenth, Brentford in fourteenth, Leeds United in fifteenth, Fulham in sixteenth, Everton in seventeenth, uh, Nottingham Forest in eighteenth, Southampton in nineteenth, and Bournemouth newly promoted, gonna be soon departed. Uh, in 20th. Yeah. And then Zach's got Man City, Liverpool, Spurs, United, top four, Chelsea, Arsenal, West Ham, five to seven, Villa, Leicester, Newcastle, Brighton, Palace, um, from eight to 12, Wolves, Brentford, Everton, Forest, Southampton, 13 to 17. And then he's got Leeds, Bournemouth, Bolom getting relegated. So 
Relegation-wise, we have a couple similarities. We all think Bournemouth. Um, we all think, well, two of us think Southampton. Two of us think Fulham. And then uh, he's got Leeds as an outlier. So I think I think there's a few differences there. I think the United one's a huge one. Um, Arsenal in there. Tottenham. Um, Newcastle as well. There's a couple big differences, but I think that's that's a good thing. Keeps it keeps the the I don't know what I'm trying to say things different and it'll gauge our knowledge here some people it's not like we're all just the same thinking um I think if United do finish ninth that would be crazy I don't know what would happen with Ten Hog um because death, maybe death panel I'm trying to think when was the last time they finished like that low in the league I don't know. I don't know if they ever have finished that low in a long time, even under um, what's his under Ferguson. Like, I don't think they've ever finished below like seventh. Ever. Seventh in thirteen fourteen. Yeah, six last year. And then under Ferguson, it was like they always finished top four. I got a table going back to the start of the Prem. The Premier League era, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, the lowest they've ever finished in the Premier League seventh. era was seventh back in 13-14. First for everything, so, boys. So that would be that would be like Chelsea finishing 10th that one year when Leicester won. So... Yeah, um, that was the year of Ghost Hitting had to come back. Yeah. I remember um, that. Only finished on 50 points, which is shocking. That but, was insane. Um, we finished below Stoke, which is something that's unforgivable. Yeah, uh, that was bad. But yeah, I guess that closes out the episode. Um, I guess one more thing, if you want to... Who do you think is going to be the Golden Boot winner? Off the top of your head, I guess. Um, I'm gonna go with Harry Kane. I'm gonna go with Salah. Okay, all right. I That's had to literally bad. fight back, Gabriel Jesus. Uh, you didn't even have Holland in your thought. Uh, no, I did. He's my second behind Salah. Yeah, I just think Harry Kane's gonna pop off now in a full year, not having to worry about a move. I think it'll be easy for him. I think Salah, right. Kane, Holland. Yep. So that concludes the episode. I'm sure it's around like two hours or so. It's almost three. Uh, Nah. Two and a half. Wow. Longest episode in history. Probably. Really appreciate everything you guys have done for us listening, giving feedback, multiple shows. Uh what's what's the update on the NFL show coming up? It'll be back. Uh we're gonna do a preview, probably division winners, uh within the next couple weeks. Um, Sick. Yeah, I'm so excited for the NFL. it's just it's nice, man. It's nice that everything's gonna be back. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of content on the channel. We're going to have the high school series. We're going to have the main show. We're going to have the NFL show. So there's going to be at least three things uploaded a week. A lot of things for you guys to listen to. We really appreciate all the support. Um, Check us out on our socials at Post20Pod, or at Post20, sorry, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Follow us, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Let us know what we need to improve on, what you guys like. Um, 
And yeah, other than that, um, I think we may grab screenshots here, post them on socials here, let you guys see what we got, uh, and we'll go from there. So um, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I'll be back Sunday with another high school episode, maybe get another guest, hopefully. Um, And yeah, other than that, we'll catch you next week for week one previews. Yep. Can't wait. See you guys then.